everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. Hi, Law Fan. Hi, Manny Mike. Kansas. Massachusetts. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. How goes it? Real good. Who am I talking to? Uh, this is a quiet soul. And who am I speaking to? Charles Stewart. Nice to meet you. Ditto, quiet soul. So what's our topic for this evening? Well, uh, it's on an agenda that we published, and I recognize you from Vince's Discord chat room. Um, mm-hmm. Um, I think we'll probably get to that within the first hour here, but we've got some opening comments and business here that we're going to need to take care of first, I think. Okay. Sounds great. Thank you. I yield. Thank you. Yeah, I'm looking for a good discussion here. I think it'll all turn out healthy, even though we've got a little few undercurrents there that are uh, a little bit conflicted. Uh and I invited a few others there, too. Charles Stewart here from Sandy, Oregon. I am the host of this call. Um, uh, we're just about ready at the top of the hour here when we should start. Um, would anybody else care to say hi and uh, chime in and introduce themselves a little bit? This is Brad from Massachusetts. How are you? Real good, Brad. Um, yeah, you're... New to our group here. I'm glad to have you with us, Brad. Thank you very much. All right. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Um, yes, uh, things are shaping up well. I'm really glad uh, the young lady there, uh, Quiet Soul, um, she's linked with somebody that we mentioned in the in the. Um, Conference outreach. Let me read that a little bit here. Um, we have also entangled in two other cases, with one involving Vince Edward, who is, who at the time I wrote this was in jail in Colorado, and with our regular conference and attendee and supporter Richard Newberry, aka Rick, being the only person available to hold and maintain Vince's real property while Vince has wrongfully and lawlessly been arrested and imprisoned with other details of the conference here, or with this conflict here. Um, and I link to Vince's webpage on Funded Justice and Freedom Phoenix. Uh, there was an article about him. So that's part of the discussions that we intend to get to in the first hour here. But um, um, 
as things are moving forward here, uh, we've got a couple more coming in. Uh, As, if I may. Yes, the floor is fairly open. If you have something to say. Um, it, has Vince uh, jumped on the call yet? I don't see anybody looking like they're from Colorado that could possibly 719 be. 719 is his Are area you? code. 719 is his area code. Well, my the TalkShoe interface here doesn't talk by or show area codes it shows states frequently um i understand thank you sure hey, everyone, how's it going? all right who's talking please this is will how are you oh hi will. will um have we talked before um i don't believe so uh what state are you from will i'm from maine ah okay um will is from uh vincible world Okay. Glad to have you with us, Will. Uh, okay, I think um, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, unless anybody has any real brief announcements, does anybody have any real brief announcements here? Just that Vince is still free. Pardon me? Just that Vince is still free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things are going good there. I'm glad for that. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, um, but um, uh, my uh, the agenda that I've composed for the evening here takes out a, a approximately 15-minute block of time for me to talk about my passions about where um, our patriot movement needs to go. Um, I've got a paragraph uh, stating... In, in the agenda that similarly as I've usually done in this conference or done in the past, this conference host will present an opening lecture focusing on marketability of common law townships, precincts, and other form of jural societies, jural assemblies, and judicial communities, and for their under recruiting qualified electors. Um, I intend here to focus on the power that will instantly become available to us if we can establish a plan for moving economic resources to the people who are willing to assume the duty of township-level common law peace officers, a.k.a. town constables. Each of these men has the right to organize ten, man, ten armed men as deputy peace officers, and every county in the USA is fully entitled under county law to organize a hundred of these more organic law-based 10-man police forces and thereby bringing every county posse comitatus to a full count of a thousand-man police force. This is a point which deserves serious emphasis because all of our efforts at organizing common law courts will amount to nothing unless we also at the same time can organize for enforcement of our lawful judgments that our courts intend to issue. And to um, just kind of briefly indulge in a few more um, um, details of, of how I visualize all that unfolding is that, that um, I recognize a lot of good 
Patriots are making a lot of good efforts just shooting from the hip with their gut instincts. But our founding fathers of America and going back even further into ancient England and Europe and things, um, um, this is where our common law tradition comes from. And um, um, we've got a, a precedent, a, a tradition of, of, of law. And, and this is authority of law that is available um, to be cited in any court that is respecting fundamental constitutional principles and due process of law. Um, and, and the concept of town constables is particularly important because that's really the most powerful office in the land in terms of enforcement. The judicial stuff all comes after afterwards at the higher precinct and county levels and on up to the state and nation. But um, every 10-man household is basically a township, and, and, and their head of household is a qualified elector as opposed to a registered voter. And, and that puts you solid in the de jure organic side of the people in your own responsibly self-governing jural society as opposed to just being a member of the mob, the registered voters under civil municipal emergency war powers jurisdiction. Um, and, and when we comprehend that, 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 that we've got this power at the grassroots level to enforce, then, then our next step is to do things like write letters to our county commissioners and our local circuit and superior court judicial officers and and inform them that this is our understanding of the law, that we've got the right to organize well-armed people to assist in the enforcement of our judicial officers at our precinct level, which is basically called a hundred court. All these terms are in Black's Law Dictionary and other sources. You can find them in Wikipedia and things, that phrase hundred court. And um, um, when at that point you do things similar to what um, Hartford Van Dyke has described in his commercial law process, that there's defaults when, when you notify them up front that, that this is how we believe the law works and they fail to deny this within 30 days or so, then you've got the right to go ahead and, and organize and issue ID cards things to your deputy peace officers, and thereunder, they've got the right to carry arms and to enforce the peace and to uh, uh, enforce arrest warrants and things like that that are, are legitimately justified by due process of law from our own courts. We've got the right to do this, and it's the moral high ground, and it's the legal high ground, unless we do something more seriously courageous and confrontational is this. I am seriously apprehensive that um, um, our nation is doomed because we, we need the serious, real, lawful horsepower um, and, and other uh, uh, types of process that's not addressing the fundamental issue of the rights of the people to keep the peace in our own communities without relying on any of the Roman law-based forms of government that are provisionally provided for 
Um, um, th this is our pathway to the solution, I do believe. And um, um, I think I've kind of covered basic uh, opening ideas there. I want to kind of set the tone, at least part of the rest of the discussion to follow here. And I think I can kind of uh, open up and loosen up a little bit here. Um, I would like to particularly um, invite Hartford Van Dyke. It looks like he might be on the line here to, to at least say hi and uh, maybe make a little comment or something on my opening introduction. Hartford, are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, I can, sir. Yeah, I tried to mute out there, and this thing doesn't have a mute out system. All right. Um, did you have any comments or questions about uh, my opening introduction there? I wasn't able to take all of it in. I just uh, got here a little bit late. All but, right. Uh, but uh, you were talking about uh, the money system and the uh, method of enforcing it from a commercial standpoint. Sure. I'll, get, I'll get into that in a little bit. Why don't you do some of your other things first? Okay. Um, um uh, actually, I think the 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 whole thing with well, let me let me pre-check my agenda. Um, um, it, there uh, there wasn't um, one case briefly. Um, Rocco Vanzetti, Rocco, do you happen to be with us? I don't see. Rocco from Massachusetts there. Um, um, yes, I think at that point there is um, a concern in the background uh, with with uh, Vince Edwards and um, um, uh, people working with him, um, and I there's there's at least. One lady here um, goes by the name of Quiet Soul, and um, uh, there may be others that are supportive of uh, Vince Edwards. Vince just recently got out of jail. I'm glad for that, but um, uh, Vince was criticizing some of the way I was interacting in attempts to support his work in, in his Discord chat session, um, and I think this might be a good opportunity to go ahead and, and, and at least open up the the one or two issues that uh, Vince and some of his associates were a little bit critical of um, my comments there. Um, so if Quiet Soul or anybody else, Vince, or anybody associated with Vince that would like to um, uh, articulate those concerns, those critiques of my behavior here publicly, uh, and I can respond to them then. Um, um, uh, Quiet Soul or anybody, Vince or anybody else that would like to uh, uh, articulate that critique of my behavior, please uh, assume the floor and go ahead and state your piece there. Can you el elaborate, since Vince is not here, what exactly um, are the issues? Because I'm not aware of what conversation that the two of you may or may not have? Okay, um, sure. 
Well, well, there's 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 two ways of looking at that. Um, uh, one is through the Discord chat window, and I can I can post the link to the Discord chat window copy into our TalkShoe conference here, so other people can kind of. Um, uh, see what's going on. Yeah, I posted it just right there. Um, and um, um, I, I suppose the, the everything came to a head in, in earlier this morning. Vince gave me a call before he headed to court, and he said that um, um, he thought I was uh, speaking too harshly towards um, Freebird, I believe is her name, uh, when... Um, She'd early said, earlier said in the chat window, um, in response to my uh, request about um, when Rick was going to get his phone, she said it's all taken care of. And I responded by saying, well, I just got off the phone to Rick, and um, uh, he hasn't got his phone, so in my mind, it hasn't all been taken care of. Can you please tell me specifically when... Um, uh, uh, Rick's phone that Freebird was saying she was going to get to him was going to be there. That's that's kind of how the chat went. And so this morning, Vince called me, and he said, um, um, I thought you were behaving a little bit rudely to Freebird there. And I'm paraphrasing here. Um, and and I said, well, uh, I don't we're we're in a battle zone here. We need to have our communication systems up. And she said she had a free a phone coming for Rick. And all I did was ask about when it was coming. And she said, okay. Um, uh, uh, or, or anyway, we agreed to disagree on that pretty much. And the only other second point was, I said um, um, uh, something about uh, we we talked about respect briefly and. Um, um, I, I, I propose that respect is, is earned. It's not something that is given out freely. And Vince disagreed with that, uh, with, uh, seriously with, uh, to me. And, uh, there under, um, uh, I said, well, gee whiz, Vince, why don't you come on to the conference tonight and we'll talk these things out in, in, in conference tonight. And, uh, uh, so that's, that's what brought us to this point here. As a brief summary, anyway, um, quiet soul. Okay, thank you for that. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, as one of the moderators for Discord, it is my opinion when conversing with someone such as that, and I think I might have even commented and asked you politely if you could please take the conversation privately because in my opinion, when you're trying to organize communication for someone else, in my opinion, I believe it needs to be in the private and not for public dissemination. Okay, well, so, if you notice, uh, since you made that comment, I haven't commented any further in, in the Discord chat. I've seen that, and also, uh, I it's my understanding that Freebird is no longer a member of our group. Okay, well, it sounds like at least that part of the disagreement between myself and Vince might be moot. 
Right. So as far as um, the phone is concerned, I'm not privy to all the little details. I do know um, Freebird did contact me because I was the one that posted three times in Discord for a phone for Rick, and she contacted me and said, I will be purchasing a phone for him, and I and I thanked her for that. Um, and last I knew that she was in the process of, uh, she bought it on eBay and was in the process of receiving it, and I don't know if she was having it sent from eBay directly to Rick or if it was coming to her first or then sent to Rick, I'm not privy to those minute details. So I can't comment on that right. part. Right. Well, I'm sorry that Vince isn't here to um, um, Me too. Kind of sort through this a little bit more efficiently. Perhaps he might show up a little bit later. Um, I have uh, sent him a uh, text, um, a personal private text, giving him the phone number again um, with the ID. I also have posted um, that the conference call is now live in Discord. Um, and it was posted on his live stream. I do know in speaking with Vince privately, he is very tired. And I can't speak for him right now since he hasn't responded. So Okay, well, why don't we put this issue to the side, to put it on a back burner, and if Vince or yourself feel like raising it as, as we progress here, um, we can do that again, or even after the conference, I'm available to talk to. But, but we do have other people with other items on the agenda here. If um, uh, that's not objectionable to you, I'd, I'd like to go ahead and move forward with other issues. I understand that. I just wanted to um, offer the floor. William, do you have anything uh, to add? I don't. Uh, much like yourself, I don't, I don't know a whole lot of the, uh, the finite details. Um, as to what was going on and whatnot, um, and and and, and uh, you know, I I kind of see both sides, and I I agree with uh, both sides. Um, you know, I I think we, we we all have good points on on the matter. Um, it is unfortunate mm -hmm. that you know Vince isn't here to speak and uh, speak on what he what he wanted to uh, discuss and you know hash out. It's, it's unfortunate, but I'm I'm sure he is tired and um, rather drained from um, his his uh, stay in the Castillo County Jail and with the back-to-back uh, -back court dates uh, yesterday and today. I'm sure he is pretty drained, so he's probably getting some rest. I also think I um, saw a message that he was trying to find a ride home, possibly. I don't know if he found one or not. Yes, he did. Okay. That's that's really all I um, have to speak on the matter. Um, so I see no, no problem moving forward. Okay. Um, I yield the floor. Thank you for the opportunity to speak. 
Sure. Thank you, Quiet Soul, and thank you, Will. Um, um, I would like to, I, again, segue back around, especially to, to bring in two main points, my, my opening discussion on on getting economic resources to to our enforcement for our common law courts in our county and precinct and township level jurisdictions and and they're under our 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 critical scholar of of uh, critically important scholar on uh, on the areas of commerce Hartford indicated that that he might have some insights on that um Hartford would you care to perhaps um uh, share a little bit more on uh, how, how you think something like that might or might not be able to be moved forward with? Well, what I'll do is uh, give you an overview of how commerce works. Uh, Charles, uh, excuse me, this is Rhoda, uh, Rhoda Gelman. I'm in uh, Astoria. I'm sorry to interrupt. I wanted just to let you know I've joined, but the, how do I mute this so I don't disturb anyone? Um. I think it's star eight or star six, something like that. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Rhoda. I'm glad you're here. Um, go ahead, Hartford. Well, what I thought I'd do is give you an overview of the commercial picture, how where it comes from, how it works, and uh, with how you're going to have to depend upon it, ultimate probably. Uh, All right. Our basic commercial system starts with nature itself. It's all based on nature and natural law. And uh, it starts out, uh, if we go back to the primitive condition of man, and uh, before that even, you look in the book of Genesis, and it talks about how we have dominion over all the other living creatures. Otherwise, in nature, you have what's called a food chain. Uh, everything eats everything else for sustenance. Rather violent way to live. And that goes on continuously all over the earth. Well, a lot of it we don't see because it's on a small scale. Uh, for example, you see a blank uh, block in a, in a uh, city. It's covered with grass. And you say, oh, it's such a nice place, oh, grass nice flat area and so forth. But underneath all that grass, there's insects and spiders and other things like that that are engaged in a jungle-type life. And uh, they obtain their food from eating each other. That's why it's called a food chain. And there's a survival of the fittest-type situation, which relates to something we know here later in the study of Darwin. And there's also the, th the third source, which is people that come here from other planets. And apparently that is what founded us. And uh, some people stayed here and tried to uh, continue their life here, and they went backwards in time as far as technology. And over a period of many years, they've come back. We are those people. We have extraterrestrial ancestors. There's a very good book on that if you want to read it. It explains the, the pattern in challenge of uh, Darwin's theory of evolution. It's called Mankind, Child of the Stars. It's Mankind, Child of the Stars. 
by Max Flint and Otto Obinder. Flint is spelled F-L-I-N-D-T and Binder's B-I-N-D-E-R, Otto O-T-T-O, Binder. They explain in about 20 chapters, each chapter devoted to a different part of the human anatomy or human operation. Why these, Why we are different from all the other animals on the earth. In other words, we didn't come through the normal chain of events of Darwin here, Darwin's theory here. Those took place someplace else and were transferred to this planet. So we have basically the, the wild food, food chain. We have evolutions from that food chain. And we have our type of people that apparently came from somewhere else. And in the process of surviving, the food chain evolves into what we call a military-type society. The males fight, the females create life. And in a sense, the uh, battle of the sexes becomes one that women create life and men destroy it in the process of operating the food chain and living. Not a very pretty picture. Ugly picture. And as time goes on, they develop a society. By society, it means we take what nature gives us and perfects our use of it. All of that we have in nature, all we have to work with is what nature provides. We don't do anything original. We just imitate nature. We learn how it works and we imitate it. The other animals do not have that capability. Their, their mind is different. To some extent, they might uh, achieve it. But uh, it's quite a, a stark difference between a, a cow and a human being in the way they operate mentally. Inside the human mind, the information circulates so that a, the human being can try different ideas, run them through a scenario, and find out which ones work the best. In other words, we have a capability of applying logic to the experiences of life that we have. And that logic makes us able to capture something from nature that the other animals don't. One of them is agriculture, the most important one. And so our first first contact with something that we we get by our own training is agriculture. Hunting is another than agriculture. Now, the, nature provides all the energy in the system. We just learn how to tap it. Most of the animals don't learn how to analyze nature so that they can discover how to tap the energy of nature. But we do, and then we, on the basis of that, we're able to use the energy of nature to aid us in building up our system of life and to separate us from the rest of the animals. Uh, we depend on them for food, but we don't in our own systems uh, concentrate on cannibalism. We separate ourselves. That's called civilization. And the fundamental contribution in civilization in the beginning is called grace. 
because nature, the, the nature's position is with respect to us is nature provides energy and matter, and it all it operates according to the laws of physics, electricity, magnetism, chemistry. We have all of these things that are given to us by nature. But we have to learn to apply them in a way that we don't destroy ourselves. And we have to understand that since nature provides just the basic materials, it's more of a transport system. And we have to learn how to operate that transport system so we're able to tap into the power of nature and build something for ourselves. One of the things we have to learn is grace. Because you see, the transport of energy and matter are, basis, are the basic foundation of commerce. They have nothing to do with courthouses. They're simply a, a, a way of getting things done. And when we deal with our fellow man according to the use of matter and energy, we end up basically in a military system. And the only way to break away from that military and hunting and uh, killing system is to establish something called grace. Grace is when we learn to tolerate uh, imperfections of our fellow man so that we don't kill off everybody around us before we've got the benefit of what a civilization would give us. And one of our most difficult processes is to dis is to discover the method of being civilized enough so that what we learn about energy doesn't turn into a monster, uh, a monster. Just keep it that way, like nuclear weapons. We, we develop our military to the point in which we can't stand our military anymore because it's working with weapons that are destructive not only of each other but of nature itself. So in order to have a society that's peaceful and acceptable, we develop a code of ethics, traditional ethics, and grace, which means we have allowance for other people. We try to bear what they do, take it on as a load, and work with it. And most of it is, is done by a rulership type thing or certain peoples take a position of ruler. And uh, as a result of that, you have the wisdom of the ruler, and that's about as far as it goes. And some, sometimes the ruler is fine, like Hammurabi. And he had a code of Hammurabi. And that code was that the strong shall not oppress the weak. There's a very important reason for that. It's people that are strong, physically strong, generally take the militant position. They're careless with they're, they're careless with life, and they destroy it. The ones that are more thoughtful, more conscientious, are the ones that invent. And so, code of Hammurabi, the strong shall not oppress the weak, was a method of allowing the, well, the people that were strong, physically strong, 
to make their contribution to society. And the weak, who are more interned to thinking, become the technicians, the ones that develop the knowledge of nature to make it easier for man to function. So, so Hammurabi's position was to protect the, the, the assets of the nation by making sure that the the strong, the physically strong, had their part that they could contribute, contribute, and the weak, or the ones that are not so strong but mentally strong, would be able to develop protective military weapons and other types of technical things that were necessary to make life easier. So the Code of Hammurabi had as its purpose protecting the weak and the strong, the rich and the poor. But what happens is the physically strong climb up into power and they start to suppress the poor and make slaves of them. But what happens eventually because of that, since you have more than one civilization out there, the civilization that has protected its poor and its weak but strong in mind has the technology to overpower the, the forces of the ones that are physically strong. So there is an oscillation or shaking going back and forth between a nation of strength by people's muscles and the nation of strength by technology. And this was characteristic of Egypt where the priests kept the secrets of physics and mathematics and electro anything they could discover, they kept it a secret from the rest of the public so that they would have the advantage of the power and control of the nation of Egypt. So you look at these things, uh, the contributions of different people in the rich and the poor, the strong and the weak, and you understand that grace is necessary so that none of these are destroyed. Eventually, we had an experience in this world where our extraterrestrial ancestors came back. I call them the Etar, extraterrestrial ancestral race. You find this in chapter uh, Genesis in chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, where it gives a direct statement that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful and took them as their wives. In other words, our extraterrestrial race came to visit us. And in that process, when they took wives, it meant that they took some as wives beings that looked like themselves, which gives you the clue that they were our ancestors. The ancestral race came coming back as extraterrestrials became the basis of what we call the Lord God. They helped Moses, and it's been established that the Ark of the Covenant was a, a frequency-modulated dual-beam transceiver system. So we know that the, the extraterrestrial ancestral race commuted, communicated with Moses through the Ark of the Covenant. And they became the military spotters for Moses in the wars of the Hebrews. As time went on, at first the Hebrews were the chosen race because they were willing to 
follow a high ideal of monotheism. The whole earth of this planet, the skin of this earth, of this planet, all of the life on this planet, constitutes a bioelectromagnetic internet system, a brain that is essentially the god of this planet, whether people want to believe that or not, is their own opinion. But at first they supported the Hebrews, but the people, as the power increased and the numbers of people increased, they turned more toward the worship of money, substitute forms of representing power, and they turned away from started to believe that the things that happened with Moses were legends, not realities. And they put the Ark of the Covenant in a gold-plated room in, the, in Solomon's temple. And that shut out all the electromagnetic waves from the forefathers, the extraterrestrial race. And as a result, they had to resort to another creation, which was Jesus. And that formed the Christian beginnings. And the rule that was passed down, Jesus came, said, <clears throat> Moses gave us five commandments, ten commandments. Four for God, one for honoring your father and mother, and five others. Jesus said all of those commandments were combined into two commandments. Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And love nation and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, included in that, hidden in that, is the third commandment, which is to love yourself. And so, the most important commandment for an individual: love yourself means be an honorable, honorable person. Keep the commandments, and be a type of person that makes civilization possible. So, there's love God. Love yourself by being an honorable person and love your neighbor as yourself. Don't dishonor him. Don't cheat your your neighbor. When you have those three commandments to work with, you can produce a money system that will last and not be biased toward materialism. When I was young, my mother taught me the fundamental principle of money. She said money is the automatic consequence of doing things of service for other people. That is the fundamental principle of money. If you just worship money as the power to buy things, you miss the fundamental aspect of money that makes it extremely important for the survival of the world. Money is the consequence of doing things in service for others. I want to hold here just a moment. I've got background noise. I won't change. Charles, if I may. Back. My mother taught me that money is the automatic consequence of doing good for other people, serving other people. 
That means basically man's labor is his most important contribution to civilization. And since it creates the wealth of a nation and the basis of money and service creates the basis of money, the true basis of money, it is important that it be protected. Our labor and the fruits of our labor are the most important thing in civilization and society. They have to be protected. And so, and we pay our taxes to government. When we support a government, we pay our taxes out of our services and our labor. JFK, John F. Kennedy, recognized this truth. Our government and its money system had been taken over by the Federal Reserve Corporation. They had been given control of the money system. And the legislature was creating all kinds of ways that money could be spent in order to launder that money into circulation, even if it had no backbone of support in the way of processes of capital goods and services. John F. Kennedy recognized... John F. Kennedy recognized that labor was the most important element of our whole civilization. He had, he, and so what he did was, of the, he knew that by having a note that said Federal Reserve note at the top of it, that made the Federal Reserve Corporation the de facto government of the United States. And he recognized that it was necessary for that position to be held by the United States of America by using United States note as that note at the top. The blue seal note represented minerals, gold, silver, capital assets. The green seal note represented consumables like food, although food is the fundamental money. But he recognized that services and labor were the things that taxes were actually collected on, and that the taxes that had been collected since 1933, since Roosevelt's administration, had been set aside, put away in vaults, and really not honored. They were used as an excuse to print money but they were suppressed. And so he brought the taxes out to the, out to the front with his executive order 11110. And he put the presses, printing press going to produce the Red Seal notes again. And he started giving some of these notes to a president of another nation about 12 days before his assassination. He knew that the Red Seal note had to go back on the street in order for the nation to have a lasting money system. Well, he was assassinated, and that particular step was put off until recently. The Federal Reserve Corporation has lost its place in the world. It's its front place. So now we have a situation where we look at money as the having money to expand it comes as a consequence of doing services for others 
And we understand that the Red Seal note has to be brought back because that is where all our taxes since 1933 have been stored. And if that money is released back to the public, there's ample money for everybody to work with. Not only to pay for labor services, but also to produce a money in circulation to facilitate trade. Now, I, I'm going to explain a little bit of the money system, then I'm going to come back to the, an example of how this is applied. The way that it has basically been done is to create currencies, banks have created currencies, and they've been used for transactions of labor and food, capital goods and services. The banks have operated behind the scenes secretly and created a world of their own. There are different kinds of banks. There are barter banks, which only deal with barter substances, things in exchange. There are labor banks, which most banks are labor banks of a form. And money stores. Those are types of processes outside of the Federal Reserve and some of it inside Federal Reserve. People are talking about computer money. Computer money basically is an easy transport system of money. It gets money to move quickly and it, and it makes it safe, safe for people to have, carry lots of money. But it has the disadvantage that there's no contract with it and it's a possibility to use that kind of a money system wrongly, very easily. Whereas money is supposed to represent the, the goods and things necessary for communities. When money is put in a, in a too easy transport form, then the bankers can take that money that you put in as taxes and they can use it in other cities besides your city so the money gets drained out of your own community. So to eliminate that, it is necessary to create local banks, labor banks, barter banks, and money stores. That keeps your money at home in your own community where it works for you instead of going outside your community, supporting high-rise buildings and things that you gain nothing because they're in another city. So banks have made arrangements to use your money in ways that you didn't accept or didn't want. Hartford? Yes. Um, can, uh, you're, you're touching on points there with the local communities uh, having their own currency and their own banking system, I believe. Is, <laughs> is that uh, something that could plug into um, our local... Uh, law enforcement and under common law jurisdiction to economic. I'm getting there. Or... I'm getting there, but I'm getting there by the steps they actually happen. Okay. Okay. That was an example I was going to give you, real short, All because right. you have to understand how it works. If a person works, the true labor system is a labor system in which people produce their own money. If people produce their own money, it represents their labor, 
and it protects their labor and the fruits of their labor. That's the most important kind of money to have in a community. It makes people aware of each other, gives a possibility of people helping each other. It binds the community together. And when people don't do the job they're supposed to do, like judges and attorneys and stuff, when they don't do the job they're supposed to do, they get caught at it. Labor has to be real. I'll give you the simplest form of labor there would be, a person's own money labor. That's the man that goes down the highway and sees it needs to be cleaned up, and he cleans it up, bags all the garbage, and walks into the city with the garbage. He's proven he's performed his service or has somebody to vouch for it. Let's say those minimum law, the minimum labor law is $12 an hour. That's $1 every five minutes. He has somebody vouch for the fact that he put in an hour of work picking up garbage on the freeway or the highway. When he does that, he's created a dollar. He's created in one hour, he's created $12 of value. He has the right under those circumstances to produce a $12 note and spend it and make money, use it to feed himself because he's rendered a service for the public. That would go into a banking system and it would be checked against the county or the, uh, in this case, the local community bank, local community government. In other words, it's a method by which people can provide a service and enforce a collection of it immediately so they have food on their table. Well, some people will say, well, maybe it wasn't ordered, maybe it wasn't wanted. But the basic concept I'm trying to put forward here is that that money is real money because there's a labor behind it that has a right to provide property, food, whatever a person needs. And unless you have a community that's tight-knit so that that sort of a thing can be done, you haven't got a sound money system. A person helps children, helps aged people. Any types of services he provides, steps up and is an assistant of counsel to somebody in the courtroom, or he manages a common law court. Whatever those things are, they keep track of the hours that they spend and with a voucher of other people's knowing that they've done this, they're able to write a note of their own, put it on the street for labor. It can be vouched for. That is the proper kind of, in a small community, that's the proper type of money to have. Where a person can do the things that are necessary service, whether it's being a lawyer, a judge, a police officer, a charitable person, a garbage collector, or any of these things. Whatever they contribute, they have somebody vouch for what they've done, and they can make a note of their own with their picture on it, and they can state the service that was rendered to produce that note. That is the correct method of money. It's not something that the government... Now, if the government says, well, he collected the garbage, that one was a, a community service. It ended up in our bank account. So we have to collect taxes to recover that amount of money from the people. In that case, it's correct. It's correct to do it. 
because that cleanup operation was necessary for the health and cleanliness of the city, and everybody benefited from it. And you can come up with several other examples like benefits of education, systems of education that are applied to tutoring, or making sure that the children have good technical education. Whatever education is there, the teacher has the right to make his own checks, his own notes, his own money, and put it into the community fund, the community bank. And then the bank head of that particular community government is able to use that information to produce a legitimate method of tax collection that isn't abusive of the public, that doesn't secret away the money in CAFR accounts and things like that. So, and then the, the community government has to keep an open public book record of all of these things that are going on. So not only people can see where the services are being rendered, how much money is involved, they can also be voucher and witness for the fact that those services were actually rendered and were of a community value. That is real money in a community. That's the way it should be done. It should be done that way over the whole United States. You'd see people working more with each other, accomplishing good things, with less corruption in the government and actually less need for your sheriff's services and the enforcement side of things. Also, these people that perform these services would be your your judges, your lawyers, not attorneys, but lawyers, people that counsel, counsel people in their needs, medical people, they would all have the capacity of creating money that can be spent in the community, money that they, they themselves create and others vouch for. And so as a result of this, you have over your community what would be called an oversight organization that makes sure that this process isn't being abused by anybody. Now, that gives you a basic idea of money. When it comes to dealing with the rest of the world, you have to deal with a, a currency that can exchange between places distant from each other. That comes into more of the banking sort of thing. Now, the banking area is built around something else. It's called bills of exchange. So when, when a person writes, will puts one of his notes out in another community, that community has a method of busing that note across community lines into another community and making sure that everything is happening correctly. That process, if you have two, two distant uh, banking systems that are doing this, they have to communicate uh, or they have a central banking place where notes are exchanged. They have to have, if, for example, between two banks in our old days when there was a, a bank in England and a bank in the United States, they had to do business and exchange gold and silver. If they sent it by ship across the seas, it would be subject to robbery by, by pirates. And so they created what were called banks, exchange banks. 
and the notes that went back and forth between those were called bills of exchange so that they could complete the barter or complete the banking transfer processes without having to actually ship gold. So in America, you'd have a British bank and an American bank. And on notes passed back and forth over the ocean, they made exchanges of capital goods and services on the land without having to ship uh, finances across gold and silver across the ocean. Those are called bills of exchange. The ones that build the bills of exchange that went between foreign countries were called foreign bills of exchange. The bills of exchange that occurred across the nation, just from one side of the nation to the other, were called inland bills of bills of exchange. But they're all banking systems that are amount to the use of checks and IOUs. Those are contract type instruments. They are not computer type instruments, where you're only sending bit information. So that is basically what you have. You have labor banks, barter banks, and money stores. Money stores can exchange if people produce notes that state on them that they offer. It's an $8 note. It can be used for the purchase of piano lessons. That's a capital goods and services type note. Anybody can make those notes with their picture on the front, their their signature, the amount of exchange showing in the four corners, and on the back side a description of how many different things can be redeemed for eight will be redeemed for the present presentation of the eight dollar note. Also the name of and address of a catalog that's available to tell other things that are backing the note. Anybody can make that type of a note. And those can be exchanged in money stores. Yeah. So, go ahead. Well, well, that's excellent. I was gonna. I, I've been in conferences recently with three other fellows, um, and and one of them is running a web page called CommonGood.Earth, who is focusing on economically empowering local communities, just like what you're saying, Hartford. And and but he's he's behind the curve in comprehending. The dynamic of, of people issuing their own promises to pay as, as the source of the economic treasury for the community there. I believe that's what you're saying. If I'm not yeah. uh-huh. local community treasury. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Done, see, by, done, done by association. Uh-huh. And that assembly. Excuse me. The right of Go the ahead. people. The right of the people peaceably to assemble and petition the government for redress of grievances. You can take off the petition for the government for redress agreements and generalize it, that it's an assembly of the people to keep track of their own money, their own labor, and the fruits of their labor. Hmm. Yeah. So, in their exclusive control. They get to run the account books, and they get to decide who in their community has credits and who has debts, right? Yeah, everything is kept to the community. They have ledgers that are available for the community to observe to see how the money's flowing through the system to the to the penny. Yeah. And that's yeah. A, that's a proper way to run an organization of a, of a group of people so that they all get credit for their services, their labor, and the, that they get the fruits of their labor in exchange for their labor. Mm-hmm. And then you um, see, then when you take this step, when you take this step and you move it one step further, you can see the method of solving 
part of the problems that you're having with the political sphere, a group of people. Now, I've done this. I've already experimentally done it. Uh, there was a judge and five U.S. attorneys that were committing false judicial processes in the Seattle District Court. The chief justice was one of them, the chief, chief, chief judge of the court, John C. Kugenauer, and five U.S. attorneys. Uh, yeah, five U.S. attorneys. And uh, they, they violated eight people in the courtroom uh, in their process deprived them of due process, deprived them of full information, motion eliminate type things, limiting testimony. Uh, I'm, I could give you full detail on this, going backwards and forwards. But uh, what happened was that uh, at the end of the trial, the, the people that had been at the, at the end of the trial, the people had been kept 12, 212 days by that time Two of the eight were released to the street. They'd been held in detention for, for the, up to the trial from a, a raid that happened. Two of the people were released at a year and a half. Two were released at three and a half years. And two were released at about four and a half years. And by the time that full period of four and a half years had gone by, the last one was out on January 12th, 2001. And by that time, that, is, that situation, because there was, a, there was never a proper arraignment, the offense repeated every three days, and the value of that uh, calculated by ordinary banking means was about $11 billion. That $11 billion was, was uh, recognized as a lien, a lien uh, obligation of the federal government because of the dishonorable behavior of the uh, officers of the federal government. Uh -huh. And because of that, that money was owed back to the public in the form of tax rebate. That produced a tax rebate system bank. The money belongs to the public, not to a specific purpose, but to the public generally. And the purpose of that money then would be to provide the services that were that were violated and denied, which created the value of the fund in the first place. So the public officials, the judge and five U.S. attorneys, violated the own, their own codes, the United States Code, under Title 18, 241, and 242. That created a fund which represented the damage that was done by those six people. And at the end of four and a half years, that sum was worth over $10 billion. That $10 billion represented the damage done to the public, and therefore the amount of money that had to be given back to the public to repair the damage. Very simple system. Well, the, the government went on and on and on, not recognizing it, evading it, becoming the absconding debtor, at 1% per month interest compounded monthly, which is 12.68% compounded yearly. And so we have reached a point here where that amount of money over the year, this, this process started June 1, 1997, and we're at the 20-year point right now. 
And with interest, since the four and a half years in jail, the interest is compounded so that that about $10 billion has expanded in value to $65 billion. And that is, the, that is the asset of a bank that holds that money in escrow for the public. I established that bank. It's called the Hartford Van Dyke Public Wealth Rebate Bank Trust. The reason my name is on the front of it is that it means it's a sole proprietor and it does not have to be licensed or chartered by the state. It's a private bank. But it's done for public purposes. I'm a public proxy escrow agent of that bank. I can disperse that money to any organization that has a legitimate use for the money. I can write checks on it. But people have to understand the system of that bank, how it works, how it was calculated, and all of those things. They have to understand those things because if they're approached by some government agent that says you're doing something wrong, they have to be able to explain what they're doing. Uh, for one thing, they have me as an anchor point because they can always send the agent to my door and say, Mr. Van Dyke, how does this money work? I know how my money works. I know exactly how it works. And in the, in the 20 years it's been out there, nobody has ever challenged the note commercially. When I put out the first 105 notes, uh, most of them to county governments in the, in the state of Washington because the county government was uh, attacked by the government. The United States government came over territorial boundaries to do its thing. Uh, the, the people of the state of Washington were the ones that were violated, so they got the first recognition on this. So, anyway, if somebody has to know why that money's good, they would come to the information center. They would come to me or they would go to several internet sites that hold it. Mm -hmm. Rosner's, Arnie Rosner has an internet site that carries my material. There's an, another internet site, 4-cd.com, uh, which stands for Four Corners Doctrine, WordPress. Uh, they have copies of my material. My material is released to the public domain. That is allowed it to be reprinted by anybody who wants to, and they don't have to pay any sort of royalty on it. So my works are all over the United States, and they're copyable. They can be used in lectures and seminars. People can print the books up and sell them at the back table. So it's not something that's vague anymore. It's well-distributed information. And since it's been on the Internet, it's also clear around the world. It isn't just known in America. It's known everywhere in the world. I wrote a book that was connected with economic warfare called Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. 56 pages long. It was published in 1979. And it was put out anonymous at the time, but uh, I later admitted to my authorship of it. But that book has gone all the way around the world. It's considered a must-read in economics and economic warfare. And it's uh, been translated into foreign languages. It's a very scientific book on how money works. 
And that's anybody can reproduce that. It's available. So all the things I'm telling you, basically, on this, uh, and I, I was put in prison for seven years and four months to keep me from publishing the book called How to Create Currencies for Local Communities. Now, you can look me up on the search engines of Yahoo and Google, and you'll find some of this material even there. But How to Create Currencies for Local Communities is a book that two-thirds of it approximately is on the history of money and how it works. And the last one-third is on the public wealth rebate note and how it works, where it came from, how it operates. So all the information I've given you here is available. And my telephone number is also available. I will give you that. My telephone number is 509-738-3039. That's 509-738-3039. My post office box address is Post Office Hartford Van Dyke, Post Office Box 831, Kettle Falls, K-E-T-T-L-E, Falls, F-A-L-L-S, Kettle Falls, Washington, 99141-0831. That's the post office box repeated. 99141-0831. You can just write those numbers on a, in the envelope up front and it will go right straight to my mailbox. So that information is available. I offer a disk that has how to create currencies for local communities. Cost five dollars and it's got the bank book on it and also the right to keep in Berlin's at two other books. Five dollars postpaid. So these things are available. The concepts are here. The bank exists. I've got branch banks in the, in the United States, in Michigan, in New Mexico, Texas, Colorado. I had one in Honolulu, Hawaii. But it's uh man that was operating that bank had a medical problem. A stroke. But this is available and also in the state of Washington. My bank is here. We've got a branch bank in another city. So, and the money is available from these banks. So if people have projects they need to do to help compensate for the damage done by organized crime and government, they can request money from these banks and have some working capital. As I said before, it is very, very important for a person to understand the bank and its method of operating so that you don't have problems with the government. They come around asking, for, asking questions. There's nothing wrong with the bank. Nobody's challenged it. I wasn't put in the bank. I was not put in the jail because of my notes on the street. They never prosecuted my notes in the courtroom. They put it on the indictment and never, and then basically passed it by and ridiculed the notes, but they never proved there was anything wrong with them. There was never any hot pursuit over a period of five years between 1997 and 2002. I put $6 billion worth of my notes on the street. That was a check type. And uh, that's quite a few notes. There was The government knew it was being done. I'd put the first 105 notes to the counties were, and uh, to Veterans of Foreign Wars, Salvation Army, and several hospitals, 
All of those notes, copies of all those notes were presented to the FBI in Vancouver, Washington, immediately in the beginning. They never raised a storm against it, neither, and the, the uh, Secret Service tried to. They couldn't find anything wrong with the notes, so they had to quit. And I continued putting my notes on the street for five years that way, with no conflicts, no hot pursuit, no problems. Yes. When I was finally arrested, it was because I was, had started the publication of my book. The government did not want that book published on the street because it was a commercial manual on how to do all this money stuff. And they did not want people to know how to produce a note on the street in competition with the Federal Reserve note. Mm-hmm. So I spent seven years and four months when I was in the prison. I was put in in 2002, and I was in the year 2005, three years. Actually, I was December 2002, so you count from January 2003 mainly. In uh, 2005, a man by the name of Jason Whitney discovered my book, The Manuscript of How to Create Currencies for Local Communities, in the back room of a publishing company, The Manuscript. So he, and he liked what he saw, and he put, a, put the book out on the street. His name was Jason Whitney. He did a beautiful job of it. He didn't add any editorial notes. He printed it as is, faithfully, beautiful piece of work. And so and that book is quite expensive, as you see it on the Libras. I think the latest, there was one on it, they were asking about $200 for it. It's out of print, but it's a beautiful book. And it's well worth having. But you can have that same book by just looking it up on the Internet. It's about a 129-page book. And it has all the same information that's in the original book. It's high-priced if it's, you see the original. You're getting the same book for uh, on the disc. It comes $5 postpaid. So that uh, makes it easy for you to get the book, to study it, to know how the banking system works, and to decide whether or not there's something there. There's in- instructions in the back of that book that tell you how you, know, you can make a claim for money all veterans are open to making claims. If any veteran has a need for money to take care of their medical benefits, they can request that money, and it's available to them. But they have they swore an oath and selected service to defend this nation and its constitution against all enemies, basically to defend the constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Well, these judges that are breaking all the rules of the constitution on the bench are our foreign enemies, our, our homeland enemies, our domestic enemies. And so, and this money that's in this fund has come from attacking the domestic enemies in the Seattle courthouse, just as I described. Now, there is a case where I put a great deal of time and money. And you see, I'm entitled, I, I filed that under Title Eight. Title 18, Section 4. It says, if you know a crime is being committed cognizable under the laws of the United States and you do not report it immediately to a judge or someone in civil or military authority, you can be jailed and fined. In other words, there's a mandate. If you see a crime being committed by a judge and you follow that mandate and put a criminal complaint in against that judge and then there's selective prosecution and the people won't prosecute that judge, 
Then you take it to the lean stage. That's stage number two. And that makes you the prosecutor then for 90 days, three months. And if they don't challenge that lean within three months, it becomes a negotiable instrument. And you produce that, bring that fact of the existence of a matured lean to the street as a negotiable instrument. And you issue what's called partial sections of it or called lean assignments. Those lien assignments are in the form of a currency. Public wealth rebate notes are that kind of a uh, currency. They are lien portions of liens. They're lien assignments. And they each take a piece of that money that was uh, that $65 billion and puts it into circulation. There's a book in the, in the, on this disk. It's called The Bank Book. The Bank Book shows you how to start putting your currency on the street. And when you use currency on the street... When you introduce this currency on the street, whatever you put on the street is replaced by the bank. You don't lose any of it. It's a method of advertising the note. It tells you a method of advertising the note so you can get your local community aware of the note and its value and how to use it. So it's a complete system already put together. You can be used as is. It does not require any computer process. And it's available upon request. The the problem is, though, that a person should not use it unless they understand how it works. You wouldn't have to do that with the Federal Reserve note because everybody's become accustomed to it. But just because they're accustomed to it doesn't mean the note is real because it's not backed by anything anymore. Public is gullible gullible in using it. And the, the Chinese have seen through it. So most of the foreign countries seen through it by now. As I understand it, there's 100 countries now that will not accept the Federal Reserve note in trade, in, in a tourist trade, or any other way. So, and if you want to, if you get money from this and you can't get it converted to Federal Reserve notes easily, you may have to provide it to somebody at a discount so that they, if they have a salary to collect it, they can and exercise their knowledge to collect it. Or you can take the notes if you have to, if it's a last resort, put them on an international money market on auction, on what's called a downward auction or Dutch auction, and sell them to foreign countries. Some of these little island countries owe money to the United States. They can use those notes to pay off their trade deficit, and the United States has to honor it. That's what the Constitution for the United States was. There was a trade agreement with the world that we would honor our debts. Okay. Hartford, can I can I jump in a little bit, please? You can have the show the floor if you'd like. That's the way to do it. All right, all right. Um the the um in terms of getting economic resources to our common people, can can some of the resources that you secured so efficiently there um, yes, they can all be used that way, but you have to have a banker that understands it. Well, well um, can't we just, our, our people, um, uh, you, send the negotiable instruments to the bankers or to the utility companies? Or... You technically should be able to do that. It's called a collection action. In other words, you can take them to the commercial window of a bank. At this particular point, though, they're not familiar with the note, so you would probably have to produce your own banking system. One that appreciates the note, understands the detail of how it works, so that if somebody does ask questions of another from another bank, is this a real note? 
and they call into another bank that actually processes these notes, they'll say, sure, if you want the information, we'll provide it to you because all that information exists. It's just the banks aren't familiar with it. And it's all collectible against the United States Treasury directly. So you you don't have to take it to the Federal Reserve or FDIC Bank. These notes are all collectible directly from the Treasury of the United States. Okay, well, if if I might, um, uh, I, I've become a little bit familiar with the Uniform Commercial Code, and I know you're not fond of that, but I think it. Well, there was a time I wanted to correct. I want to correct that commercial point. law that you're already talking about here, right? I wanted to say something about that UCC. I we, we I had one person that had a a one billion dollar note, and was the interest went up to six billion dollars. And he offers it on the international money market. And the Swiss bank was willing to take it on the condition that the paperwork was done on UCC forms. What I didn't know at the time was that the UCC forms were universal now. And so I turned it down. I said, we, I don't want to work with UCC forms. But I've since learned that the UCC system is international. And so a person could go back to a bank like that and offer it, but they'd have to make out UCC paperwork for it. And then they could transfer it into a Swiss bank. Yeah. Well, that, that's a little bit different than, than where I was trying to drive with, with my line of thought there. Well, the reason I tried to stop you was because in the beginning, you, you made a remark that I didn't like the UCC form. My initial initiation into that was not favorable because the Internal Revenue Service has crept in there and tried to use part of the UCC for their processes. Yeah. And so I thought it was, my understanding was that uh, I think it was Louisiana was the last holdout of not taking on UCC. So that made me think that the UCC form was created in America, and apparently it was. I heard from another source that it was four very uh, shrewd attorneys created the UCC form, and it took them about 10 years to do it. And I figured if it took four very bright people to create the UCC form, and it took 10 years to do it, there had to be an awful lot of loopholes in it. Because commercial law is extremely simple, you read the books, How to Create Currencies for Local Communities, and you'll see how simple it is. And then there's the book, The Bank Book, on that disc that I've mentioned, and also on that disc is The Right to Keep and Bear Leads. And that also tells you a great deal about commercial law, and you will understand after you read those things that commercial law is the ultimate law. And the courts, the, juris, ju, the juristic courts that we have do not have jurisdiction over commerce. Commerce is a thing of itself. It's a street process. The courts try to adopt it and call it statutory. If you get a lien form from Stevens Nest Law Form Publishing Company in Portland, Oregon, a number 20 chattel lien, it'll say on each side of the lien, somewhere on that lien, if you make out your own lien, you get $20 under statutory law such and such. That's a trick. Because if you fill in that line to give yourself $20 for filling out the form, you've converted it from a pure commercial lien over to a statutory lien, and then the courts have power over it. But as long as you don't fill that line in on that form, 
it stays in commercial law and you have all the benefits of commercial law, criminal law, uh, the, the lien processes, the distress processes, they kind of, they trick you into going into their system. I could say a lot more on this subject, but uh, anyway, the yep. important, there's a book inside the disc called The Right to Keep and Bear Liens, which will give you considerable insight to the power of commercial law. Commercial law has always existed. It's the fundamental law. It's based on nature, commercial law. And when you take commercial law and add grace to it, it becomes the common law. That's the key that converts commercial law to common law, is grace. Allowing a human being to make mistakes up to a point that's reasonable. While they're learning to do things right. That's the kind of love that the Christian religion has. That's what makes the Christian religion great, is grace. It's the thing that makes commerce tolerable. That was the great contribution of Jesus to the world. Believe it or not, that was the great contribution of Jesus to the world. That if you treat your fellow man with grace, then you have grace. If you're compassionate, then you have compassion shown you. If you're charitable, you can believe that charity will help you once in a while. And you aren't as reluctant to ask when you need help. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it will be open to you. So you see, it all comes down to learning to live with your fellow man without war. And we have to learn that lesson or we will be consumed by it. We will be consumed by war. And if it begins at home, it begins with your community, it begins with your own currency, the freedom to do your your banking and things on your own terms, in your own quarters, without it being robbed and put in another city. All the things that I've told you on this, I don't know, is this recorded? Yes, it is. That's good. I hope you make a copy of it for yourself so that you have it and it can be sold so yeah, other well, so other people can have it we're pretty open source here and, and everything is free on the table that can be easily distributed freely I don't I'm not fond of trying to capitalize on information I appreciate um, that I appreciate that and I've got all of you I only on said that I only said that monetary factor because people have to make a living for their services and if right. a man is holding a seminar, he has to be able to pay for the rental of the room. He has his expenses. And if he puts books at the back table, to be, he can sell those books and make the money to make possible his travels and his, and his contacts with people. He's entitled, he's entitled to his keep, too. Mm -hmm. I say that, I give that thing about being able to sell it because I want people to know that they don't have to pay me anything for the use of it. So they're free to go ahead and use it and to share it with other people and make everybody's life a little brighter. Yeah. Well, um, we're, we're living in a new age now, and it's really easy to just share PDF copies of your books and other people's works on the Internet. And 
at that point, it's it, it's it's more important to get the information to our grassroots common people than it is to try to worry about getting nickels and dimes back for. I only said that with regard to people that are holding seminars and need support money to keep their seminars going. Well, we can do seminars right here on these phone conferences, you know. So, anyway, that's that's my story. Okay, can 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 we um, maybe get some indulgence from you to uh, bring a little bit more traction to our real world? For instance, where I was going with the uniform commercial code stuff is that um, when when we take an assignment from a large lien or something like that, and we give it to somebody so that they can pay their their light bill or something. Yeah. Uh, there there's thousands of people that could could be using. Uh, regular monthly uniform commercial code or, or general well, what commerce I, space. What I pointed out to you is that the veterans are number one. The veterans have been mistreated very badly by the military. They're committing, yeah, sui- they're committing suicide. It's really 20 a day. Well, that's... I mean, that's we have... Our, they took sworn oath to defend this nation's constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. They're the ones of first priority to receive some help. They need the help. They've got battered bodies. They're conned into going out there and doing police actions and, and theft for big corporations. They come back all beat up with nothing much left of their life and nothing much left to live for. They're the worst hurting, and they're the ones that have done the greatest service for us, at least believing that they were doing something for us. So they are number one. Number two is anybody else performing any services to upgrade other people's lives, assistance, counseling, care of people, care of the elderly. Those are things that are needed. And things like Boys Town, which, by the way, services both boys and girls, orphans, or had a hard time on the street. Organizations like Hershey's Orphanage. Well, I'm telling you things that are essentially first. Well, I if you take if you take, care, if you take care of those things, then you have a right to help other people too. But yeah. you have to see that there is an order to this that has to be honored, or it's not going to work. Right. There has to right. be an honor system. That's why the street notes I put out are called honor notes. Okay, well, we, we've got people in our own movement that are that are having trouble keeping the lights on. That's fine. Are they working? Are are they working within the movement? Yeah, yeah, they're good people. Well, if they're working, if they're, if a person's working within the movement, let's say they're on a common law team. Yeah. And they put ten hours of their day in that. All that they got to do is log in that money, and they can have that much in money. I, I told you that money is the automatic consequence of doing good for others, service for others, labor for others. Okay. As long as somebody will vouch for what they're doing, they're entitled to the money. Excellent, excellent. That's exactly where we need to go with... There has, to be, there has to be some method of oversight so that people just don't go in there and try to take wads of money for nothing. Right, right, right. So you have a system where if a person is served 
If he's gone out and helped an elderly couple, spend a day with them, put in eight hours, he's entitled to eight times $12. The minimum wage in the system I have set at $12 an hour. Just as a, as a base to understand it. As one note in the set, the, the notes that I have are currencies and denominations of 13712, 2371, and 230. They're all Jewish numbers. That's all explained in the book, How to Create Currencies for Local Communities. So, and I've said it, uh, I, I look at it and I say, what well, would be an easy way for people to keep track of it? $12 an hour. That's not a, very far from what's already being offered as minimum wage. And that $12 an hour is $1 every five minutes, 20 cents every minute. It's easy to keep track of. They keep track of their time. They turn in a timesheet for what they did for somebody with a voucher that somebody knows or the people that they helped can vouch for what they did for them. Mm -hmm. It comes into your bank, and your bank can issue that money right straight out to them. Yeah, yeah. That sounds great, Hartford. Now, they're not going to be Federal Reserve notes. Right, right. Everybody knows that. Okay, but within the community where that's being done, those will be exchangeable. They can be right. used. As, they can be used also as backing for their own personal notes. They can right. create their own any, personal any, currency, and they can one of the entries on their own personal currency can be public wealth rebate notes that they've earned. Right. Um, so you um, you have the answer to your question. Well, there's a yes. few details lingering there, sir. Well, then go ahead. You go ahead with now with the details. Well, the, the, any lawyers that get in our face and say, oh, this is just uh, Disneyland money, you can't use this, we can say solidly that this is lawful. Uh, uh, well, it's on the Internet. It's all, huh? expl it's all explained on the Internet. It's explained, you have, if you have a bank, you say, well, if you'd like to know what's right, it, it's nice to have a bank in your community where it does this, because that bank can keep all the necessary bookies, booking, keeping for everybody's amount of money that's just changing hands, they can keep a book right on the counter or it can be kept in computer records so they can access it on the Internet so they know what's in that community being used with that type of note. It doesn't have to be a foreign note. Just make it knowledge to other people, common knowledge. And if somebody argues about it, well, say, Mister, if you don't like what you're looking at, read the book on it. Well, I don't think I'll do that. Well, sir... If you don't want to read the book, you've denied yourself the opportunity. It's not our problem. Right. That's the way to deal with it, in a very business-like way. The notes, the books exist. There's an abundance of reading material on the subject. I made sure there was an abundance of reading material. All right. Um, um, it, I, I think I mentioned before that there, there's other people that I'm working with that have web pages up that maybe we can do some follow-up in private conferences with smaller groups that can work on actually getting web pages up and some traction behind your whole program here. Yeah, well, it's available. It's been available now 20 years. Okay, well, it's about time. Oh, yeah, got... yeah, about 20 years. Okay. Can, can we open up the, the discussion a little bit to some of the others that, that might have questions or comments for you here? Sure. I'd like, I'd like the floor. Uh, yes, go ahead. Identify yourself, please. Man, this is Brad from Massachusetts. Brad, yes, please. I, I think you're with uh, Abraham and others there. That I'm uh, hearing an echo in the background. Can you? Are you on a speakerphone? I am. 
Um, I'm actually on a headset, yes. Yeah. Me, well, your voice, up. your voice is pretty clear. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so I belong with a group of several hundred people. Um, we have occupied the vacated seats of the de jure republic and brought it forward. Um, our paperwork was just received yesterday by The Hague and UPU and the Pentagon and um, soon to be sent to the uh, United Nations. Um, we are in the process of setting up these community, um, the community governments and we've got people lined up and trying to learn how the community government is going to learn. I mean, yeah, how the community is going to operate, and they're, 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 they want to learn how to get this all done before we start putting it all together. And one of the things that we are looking for, we have found a couple of private banks, but I like your idea of actually creating our own bank in, in the community, or one bank for several communities, or however it would work. Um, and... Um, so this is very interesting to me, uh, and I'd like to bring this forward to our group. Um, so th this, you said this book, How to Create Currencies for Local Banks, is available, but pretty difficult to find. The book is, I'm talking about the original one that was printed for the public by Jason Whitney. The book is, yes. the book is extremely available now. You can look it up on the Internet, and it's a free print. Okay. All right. That's that's going to happen. And also no, no, said, just a second. Just a second. My telephone number is 509. I have it. 738-3039. Correct. What is your and name? My name is Brad. I'm from Massachusetts. Just a, second, hold, just a second. Hold on. I'm going to write that down. Brad from Massachusetts. Okay. You call me on the phone if you want to. My hours are between 11 o'clock in the morning and uh, 5 o'clock in the evening. I'm available primarily on uh, if Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. I have, I'm having to do some other business work. But any time between 5 and, and uh, five, uh, 11 in the morning, this is specific time, 11 in the morning to 5 in the evening, I have an indicator window for my call ID. If you call in, what what number have I got to look for? My phone number is 508 508 583 583 5523 um, very knowledgeable and would be very interested in hearing what you have to say. Okay, the um, last the last four digits were five five two three. That's correct. Yes. Okay. Now I'm going to make a suggestion. I don't like to if I'm working with somebody I don't want to or I don't like to have to repeat everything. Yes, so sir. I rec so I recommend to people immediately that they put a tape recorder on the line and make a tape recording of exactly what I, what I say so that they can play it back as many times as they want to. That makes sense. Okay. 
and you can put other people on the line and you can make a conference call out of it, that's fine with me too. Okay. Um, have you ever heard of a gentleman by the name of Jared Rand? Who? Jared Rand. Derek Grant? No, J-A-R-E-D, Jared. J-A-R-E-D. R-A-N-D. Oh, Rand. He's from the Rand family. Rand McNally, Rand Corporation. Oh, yes. He's all over YouTube. Um, He is very big into... Our roots, uh, our roots from intergalactic, let's say intergalactic roots, and he's also very big into suppressed technologies. Um, he speaks a lot, a lot of very similar to you about how things should be working at the community level, and he even goes a lot deeper into other things. So you might want to listen to him. Um, yeah, well, just bring together what you want on the phone. Okay. And, um, yeah, I'd just like to say out there, anybody else that's out there listening, we are looking for, looking for people to occupy seats in these community governments, and we still have a few states that don't have any delegates. And um, we're looking this for This is Vince Edwards. Abraham, Nevada. Hey, Abraham. All right. Um, okay. Is, so I, I, uh, is Hartford still on the line? No, I'm still here. Yeah, hey, Hartford, this is Vince Edwards. Just want to let you know I'm here. Who is this? This is Vince Edwards. Just want to let you know I'm here. I'm a little I'm late. Getting I, so much crackle. Yeah. I'm getting so much snap, crackle, and pop. I can't. What, what is your name? Vince Edwards. Edwards. Vincent. Vincent. Oh, Vincent. Yes. Hartford, have you been following up with Larry? Larry from uh, from New Mexico. Larry. Are you talking to me? Larry. Hartford. Yeah, Hartford. Have you been following up with Larry at all recently? The last couple months. Are you talking about the one of the Colorado group? No, Larry uh, from Albuquerque, New Mexico, with these United States uh, of America, um, you know, with his... uh, I I, I don't know him. I don't know him. Okay, I thought you might have followed up with him. Uh, Yeah, okay. No. We've got a lot of chatter on this line. Hartford, you... Hartford, you talked to him uh, about uh, a year ago for hours. Okay, well, I get on these calls in some of the last hours. <laughs> sure yeah, he last. mentioned, you know, he mentioned that he spoke with you a couple of times. Maybe you had forgotten. He's got the the group, the Constitutional Law Enforcement Officers, where uh, he can hire all ex vets and put them into a Constitutional Law Enforcement because their their oath of office never expires, and the Patriot Police. Uh, he's already got a division opened up in the, in Arizona. I'm trying to open up um, Nevada for him. He's got New Mexico open. The police are very aware of their presence, and uh, they're very well respected. And he's got a way where he can hire vets en masse uh, and uniform them up to be constitutional law enforcement. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. 
Yes, and the thing is that with this bank that you have, all he's lacking is funding. If there was a way, like if Lincoln was running the show right now and he needs to hire a whole bunch of people and fill the military, he would just create those scripts. And those scripts would be traded as cash, and then you could get these guys, just like he did with the military, he got them all suited up, he got them all armed up, and then he got them to be able to fight the war. So, but what, you know, you need, what, what you need is very simple. If you, all, all I have to be is assured that you have the, the proper, so to speak, credentials. I mean by that, that uh, you are what you appear to be. and, and you know who Exactly. You all bona fide. As long as it's all bona fide. Okay, but what I'm saying is this. If you have a, a, an area there of people, you give me some idea of what it is you need to do, I can set you up with a trust transfer from a, from my bank so you can set your own bank up and work out your details yourself. Right, right, right. I'm going to put you in contact with Larry so you guys can speak within the next day or two. Okay. This has been available for a long time, and nobody's nobody's been jumping on it, and making it work. So, well, we're, we're, we're uh, you know, to, we're these things. Listen, listen, sir. Yes, doctor. These things all happen in their own season. Right. Uh, you can't push them. Things happen in their own season when they're this kind of thing, and the season has arrived. I agree. Amen. So, so make it work. It's there for you. Hey, Charles, can I get a word in here? Um, Hartford, uh, Vince Edwards from Colorado um, uh, would, would would like to interact with you a little bit here, I think. Sure. Whatever. Whoever's next. Yeah, hey, listen, uh, is anybody on here from Patriot Cyber Squad? I, I got on a little bit late. It's now 848. I guess that's an hour and 48 minutes after the program started. Uh, needed a nap, so I'm a little late. Uh, so is anybody still here on the call from uh, from earlier? If I may, a quiet soul is present. Hey, I, hey. I yield. I will. Right okay, anybody want to bring up anything that I need to address uh, from that might have happened in the last hour and a half, maybe? I would uh, like if to I may. have a stay on topic if we could instead of starting your own private meeting. Uh, I have some questions. This is one Excuse me, ma'am. Excuse me, ma'am. I had the floor here. If you I would know, mind. but you're going into another contact, and I would like to ask some questions of the gentleman that was just speaking. And you're ma'am, I, I'll wait, 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 wait. Let's just stop this a moment. You don't have to. There's time. You don't have to. If you travel too if you travel too fast on this highway, you miss all the scenery. Why am I muted? You aren't muted. You aren't muted. Okay, I was I'm just muted. I I don't know why. So did just, I have this way? I thought I had the floor. Wait, 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 Would you wait a minute? The man has the, the man has the floor right now. But you got your next, ma'am. That would be me. I suppose. Okay, I have the floor, correct? I suppose so. For the okay, time being, Vince, yes, please. All right. Hopefully everybody can just give me the floor then, respectfully speaking. Um, okay, 
Now, uh, let's go back to the question that I, I answered and was so rudely interrupted by somebody that had... Hey, let's, let's, forget about this. Let's, go. Uh, let's quit this uh, rudeness stuff and just to back off a little bit and ease off because I don't appreciate people hollering over the phone in war, war class mode. I got to this position in my life by a long of, of pain. Be patient now. What, what is it you want to say, sir? Okay. Uh, Chris, uh, uh, quiet soul, William, if you guys are on the line, is, is, is there something here that I need to address from what happened earlier? I mean, I, I was invited onto this call. We were invited onto this call by Charles uh, to have a specific debate, and that, that was my understanding of what was going to be happening on the call. So well, I understand it, that, it, it, I, sir, I understand they have recorded this call. I don't think you missed anything. Uh, Charles? Yes. Is there a, yes. Is there a callback number for this show? Yeah, they can play the call. I'm sure they're up to speed on that technology, Hartford. Well, that's fine. I'm yeah, fine. I, I know how to play the callback, man. I'm getting a little frustrated, man, by people just keep jumping in and interrupting. I'm asking my people that may be still listening if they could chime in and just let me know if there's something. Just kind of catch me up real quick in about 30 seconds so that I can participate on this recorded call in the conversation that's already happening. Okay. Okay. So if one of those guys can maybe come on and just kind of catch me up just for a second and, and let me know if there's something I need to address. Okay. Well, uh can... If I may, type what you talk or not. Are you going to catch him up on what he needs to know? Yes, if I may, can you hear me? Go ahead. Okay, um, I just want to catch one up. I was able to find information from Lynn and uh, Rick's phone. Uh, we'll be going out in the mail tomorrow to him, and she has... Uh, contacted him with the tracking number of okay, the Okay, that's not phone. something that, that's not, not, we need to move on for that. I'm not talking about updates from stuff like that. I'm talking about specifically was, what we were talking about tonight. But that was brought up it, when we first got on the call, Vince, that was brought up, so I'm addressing that. Oh, okay. Thank you, Quest. So, right. you're welcome. Um, and as far as the call conference between you and Charles, I'm not privy to that, so I will yield the floor and let you address that. Thank you. Okay. All right, Charles. Well, we had we we had an uh, an issue this morning, and I think this is a really serious issue. Um, and that is is how do we get patriots to unify, get together? How do we grow this movement? How do we add more people to it? Um, and we we had a dispute, and I don't know if Fred's still listening on the line, uh, and if he is, that's cool. Chime in real quick to let me know. Uh, but I I I think what what happened is we we were, we went to an impasse, and I was trying to uh, kind of explain, you know, that we need to be a little bit gentle with some of these people, especially women, um, who are coming in here and 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 participating. You know, and for example, like a lot of women don't under don't really understand how jail is. Okay, so the sense of urgency might be a little bit different for them than it than it is for you know uh, you know somebody that's been in jail for it before. You know, regardless of whether they're male, male or female. Um, 
And I, I, I just want to address this because Charles, you, you, you know, we, we stated this on the, on, you know, between me and Fred, we wanted to give you the floor. We wanted to give you the, the, the ability to, you know, kind of explain yourself and everything. And you sort of did. And then you were like, I'm not going to apologize to her. Um, and, and, and it seemed like you're a little bit intense and maybe it's just a tiny bit rude, but you're just like, I'm not going to apologize to her. And, and it, it just doesn't make sense why you would not want to smooth that over so that these two people, uh, you know, I'm not going to mention, uh, my, my, my friend's name, but you and, and her are now on the outs and the, basically it's because she feels that you owe her a re apology and I feel that you owe her an apology and Fred feels you owe her an apology and you don't feel that you owe her an apology. And if you're going to continue moving along like that in our organization, you're not going to be in it. Whereas it's been mediated out and you do not want to continue mediation yet. You absolutely do want, don't want to apologize either. So therefore we're in an impasse, meaning we're two, there's two Patriots, that cannot unify because one of them just can't either admit a mistake or even be a bigger man and say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to take the hit on this one. I'm going to apologize for any, any offense I might've caused so that we can move forward and, and band together and unify and, and not have this, this division. We, we need to stop with all the division in our entire movement nationwide. If Patriots are ever going to restore the constitution in this country, I'll give you the floor, Charles. Thank you, Allie from Washington, may I add something here? Allie, go ahead. Uh, yes, I was just so thoroughly immersed in enjoying Arthur's uh, information that he was sharing with us, and all of a sudden it seems like he's been rudely interrupted with some personal conflicts going on that don't involve those of us who were seriously and very carefully listening to Arthur's word and especially me, uh, because he takes what I am delivering, God's message about safe, clean water, safe, clean energy, safe, clean air, uh, that our Creator gave us to sustain all living things to such a higher level from my simple way of taking it between God, the Creator, and Lucifer, the devil, and whose side are they really on. Sounds to me like you're changing the subject too, sweetheart. Be no, careful. I'm not changing the subject. I'm saying that conflict does not belong when we have a guest speaker who is delivering such wonderful information to us, and I yield. Thanks, Charles, why did you have us on if you had some sort of a guest speaker? Why did you enter it? You, this, I feel like we're here under false pretenses, and uh, sure, I'm, I'm not sure so happy about, about getting attacked by your people on the program because it seems like you didn't even announce that we were going to be here, bro. Sir, yes. sir, I'd like to ask you a question, one question. Are you ready for this? What What is your name? His name's Vince Edwards Hartford. Vince Edwards. Vincent, he said. Hello. Well, Vince Edwards. What's your phone? Go ahead. Speak your piece, bro. You want to say something? Go ahead. Speak no. up. Next thing is, what's your phone number? What's that? What's your phone number? My phone number, 
6107. If I could be of help to you sometime, I'd like to. Just give and I was invited onto this call by Charles, and we were invited onto this call. My organization, Patriot Cyber Squad, was, was invited onto this call by Charles for a specific reason. So anybody that's calling this, uh, you know, calling me and saying I'm changing the subject and I'm trying to make it my own thing or anything like that, just simply hasn't been informed by Charles that that's what the purpose of this call was as far as my understanding goes. So point now, of information, now that we've distracted ourselves and gotten off the point of my original question, uh, I, I just laid it all out, and then I gave you, Charles, the floor, and then instead of you responding, sir, have you we got somebody else to point of information. The subject, sir, and it's just like sir, an argumentative merry-go-round. Sir, man. Point so is of that information. the way you're Vince, call, Charles? Vince do, you have a, Vince, do you have a particular question you'd like to ask me? I believe I just did. I, I believe I, I just certainly did a lot didn't. of I, I waiting certainly, for you to respond, and then we were interrupted by somebody that said that I was hey, look, interrupting. Vince, when you hey, Vince, 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 the floor, Vince, Vince. you're taking everybody way off track. And but let's just get back to any question for Hartford. Who is who is taking me off track? Vince, I, I'm not taking anywhere off Vince, track. Vince, I came onto the call. Vince. I'm here to participate in the conversation. That's you know what? You sound like a child right now. All right. So, you 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 came late on the program. Okay, we have all, all been all listening to the program. This is, a, this is a retarded program. I don't. This is. I'm not going to participate in this. You guys are completely. Uh, all all you're interested well, in doing is arguing, obviously. So have yourself a good night, Charles. You, you're you. a complete loser, Bye. bro. See you later. Oh, may we get back to the topic we were talking about and ask questions, please? Yes, Wonder Anne. Thank you. Um, we were, you were correct to object there. I was waiting for an opportunity to support your point of order. Um, we were all enjoying a good discussion there with Hartford. Vince came in late, okay? We tried to address those issues earlier. You know what? You know what? I got a solution, go for, this I got a solution for this problem. Let's just start fresh now. There we go. Well, yeah, Vince has hung up. Vince has thrown a temper tantrum. Look, look. Names and hung up. Look, Steve, Charles, when I say let's start fresh, I mean you stop too on the subject. It's not a matter of, this is not a program of just self-justification. This is a program of waking up people to so they can survive. Right. I think the bar attorneys love this stuff. If they listen to us, they're probably celebrating having cake and cookies and listening to this stuff. The bar attorneys love it when this happens. Let us move forward. I don't think you should worry about bar attorneys either. They're becoming obsolete. Thank God. They don't know that. how to belly up to a bar anyhow. Um, I would like to get back to the topic. Uh, let's, get back to the topic. let's get back to the topic, just like you said. Whatever it is, let's get back. I, I, I would like to get your phone number. I want to validate Brad for coming on because it's, he said the same words because we're with the same group, and so is Ollie. I'll give you my but telephone would... number, ma'am. You want my telephone number? My telephone number is 509. Uh-huh. My name is Hartford Van Dyke. H A R T F O R D, like the insurance company, uh-huh. Hartford, Hartford, Connecticut, Hartford Van Dyke, V A N D Y K E. Very good, and your phone. And my, 
and my ad, my mail address is P.O. Box 831. What about the phone number? What about the phone uh, number? You still 509, have 509. The telephone number is 509-738-3039. That's 509-738-3039. And your hours are between 11 and 5 on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday? I'm, my hour, office hours are 11 to 5 Monday through the whole week, Monday through Friday. But, oh, I'm, I'm, but I'm out part of the time. The times most easy to get me would be on uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, the first half of Tuesday, uh, Thursday, and Tuesday. Uh, any times in the morning on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. I'm trying to know what my schedule is these days. I'm available 11 to 12 probably every day. And it goes into the afternoons on uh, available on Wednesdays and Fridays. Just make sure you take your vitamins there, Hartford. You can try any time. I come back, I check the window, and my ID is staying on my telephone. And I, in the afternoon, I have a break. And if I see your telephone number on there, I can see you. I, I thank you for that information. And Hartford, you have given um, my group and myself uh, a, a better way to view how we can be in charge of our own finances. And I appreciate that. And I yield. Thank you, Charles, for allowing me to get uh, the question asked. I yield. Wonder Ann, I'm, I'm really glad that you're uh, back in the saddle interacting here. Uh, do you or Allie or anybody from the Beacon Group have, have any updates on how David Scheid is doing? Yes, we heard last night that David Scheid has come out of his, um, I, I'm going to call unconsciousness. I don't know if he was in a coma or not, but he has uh, come out of that and is still in the hospital. He's not released to go home or anything, but he is at least showing changes, and I think that's hopeful. And um, I do want to make a comment that this woman that's speaking this moment spent 57 days in a detention jail for uh, standing up for my right to be a traveler and not be a victim to the different people in Greenville, South Carolina. So the gentleman was very infuriating for me, but I, I'm very glad it's over with, and I'm glad we're moving forward because that's what adults do. And we are patriots in all our forms, and I validate everybody being on here. Thank you. I appreciate that. I yield. We're, we're, glad, to, we're glad to have you. And, and, and they got me at least 30 times arrested me for traveling without a license. At least 30 times I was canned. And I'm fighting them like, oh, I'm, I'm having more fun fighting them this time. Even from, I mean, this is like the third time or fourth time I've been jailed for the same thing. But it, it's uh, a different county. My home county won't touch me anymore because I keep out foxing them. But everything changes every time we do it. What, our, uh, what Hartford is giving us is an opportunity to help people 
to stop being subservient to this authority by learning. We must teach them that they do not have to be subservient to authority like that. Right. It starts in the mind. I'm sorry, I didn't get that. It starts in the mind. You're absolutely correct. Thank you. You're absolutely right. Excellent. Um, yeah. Um, um, moving on. Um, um, yeah. When somebody talks, when somebody talks, can you announce your name so the rest of us that are not familiar with the voice know who's speaking? Right. We get it. Thank you, Abraham. Oh. This is Charles talking. Okay, Charles. Was earlier. Um, um, and um, I, I'd like to segue a little bit there. Abraham here that just spoke yes. um, uh, is working with myself and Frank. I think I heard Frank on the phone too here, Frank Winnin. Um and and uh, another fellow named John uh, Root uh, have been in private conferences about doing the alternative cryptocurrency. Well, not really cryptocurrency, but community banking is probably a better phrase to describe what we're talking about doing here. Mm, um, blockchain. And, it, and, and it links into self-government, too. Um, and, and, and we've been... Uh, 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 building our own consensus to where now we're really close to the point of being able to introduce Hartford, I think, to our group so that um, we can get um, uh, Hartford's banking system uh, uh, to put some type of, of, of legitimate, in the true sense of the word, legitimate uh, economic resources um, um, at the disposal of of, of the, the web pages and the organizing efforts that John Root and Frank and Abraham and uh, others are, are, are trying to nurture into existence. Um, if Frank or uh, uh, Abraham are able to um, perhaps briefly sketch out a better outline of, of this important side project that we're working on uh, a, a little bit here, uh, Frank or Abraham, can either of you uh, maybe describe a little bit of, of, of what we're doing there and how that might merge, merge with Hartford's work? Oh, yeah. Uh, when when Hartford, Hartford's going to be the hammer, once once he's brought to bear and we can figure out the connectivity between our various organizations and being able to move our interests simultaneously through our networks where each person magnifies and expands their organization through reaching out, and, and, and contacting other organizations and realizing that they're all the same thing that we're working on. It's all different parts of the same thing. And once we realize that commonality where we can harness the energies and the creativity and understand where those connective points are that join us together and keep our eye on the prize, I believe fusion is only a few moments away. And once we hit fusion, when we be, are able to bring in Hartford, I think that's when fusion will kick off exponentially. We just have to work on the prototypical model to understand how those connective points will serve each person's interest by serving the group and serving the whole. We serve ourselves. 
We are a part of the energy that serves each other. And once we realize, like, like, I don't know what's going on with that clown that was on the line earlier. He sounds like he was a juvenile delinquent. I don't get it. That <laughs> kind of stuff cannot. That kind of stuff cannot happen. I've got his phone number, and I well, think I know who he is. Sir, we, we've canceled that hour. Not contending. okay. What I'm saying is that kind of stuff needs to be fixed so that so that we don't lose any forward motion because this this work is too precious. This is the master's work. It's out of our hands. You know. Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee made this very clear, and I admire the man. It is not that I am doing this, but rather an inner realization that this is happening through me. We are the conduit of the Almighty, and we have to maintain that posture. Yeah. Basically, basically the difference between what you're doing and what I'm doing is I've just taken the time to figure out how the pieces fit together, I haven't invented anything here. I've just tried to be a person to discover how it works and share the discovery as it's not something I claim any copyright or any patent on, uh, although I released the formats of my notes to the public domain. You can make your own formats, but there's reasons why those formats exist so that you have the least amount of trouble with the government over it. And uh, so... Basically, my stuff that I'm presenting to you are just the nuts and bolts of the machine. The anatomy of the machine has nothing to do with me, and I'm not claiming anything special. I've learned from a lot of people these ideas and put them together like building a car. And it exists, and you can inspect it and see how it works. My process is basically one of foundation. The process you're describing is a transport problem. There's a difference between these two problems, and when you understand that, you'll have a much easier method of coupling up. I, me- I did mention what are called inland bills of exchange, foreign bills of exchange, and basically bills of exchange. All those are transport transport mechanisms, moving money from one place to another, or distributing money. Those are problems you people are going to have to work out because all I have is the static, so to speak, the static position generator that gets the energy created it's up to you to build the transmission lines mm-hmm. so you see so there's, there are two different processes one provides the energy the other gets it where it's got to go mm-hmm. and so you got to be good at your part if you're going to get it from here to there and so you talk about a fusion that in this particular case it's like plugging a lamp into the wall the power comes from the wall and it goes to the plant, to the light. So you see, you have the, your your task is to take it and put it to work. Oh, I'm just. I agree with you wholeheartedly, but it has to work in the mind first. We can't be fumbling around in the dark. And sometimes I get the feeling we're fumbling around in the dark a lot because people no. cannot see the entire thing. Yeah, and that's but, what we have to do. We have to figure out the entire thing and how it functions in the mind so we can bring it out of the mind and into the realm of reality. Yeah, I think you're going to be pretty close to that. The stuff that's in print explains it pretty well. We're, we're going to get it done, my Hartford. One, of the, one of the things one of the things that maybe have helped you, it's a little off the track, you probably don't expect this, but I wrote a book called Silent Weapons Require Wars. And it was a it was a collage. Hello. Hello. Oh, everything went quiet all of a sudden. I thought I lost. 
Hermitsford, how long did it take for you to write that book? How much research was involved? Was that a five-year project, a two-year project? How long did that take? Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars took a little over nine months to write. It's only it's only fifty-six pages long, but it's a but it's a collage of military and economic information and technical methods. There is a not only is it available, but there's a, an article in Scientific American uh, a magazine, September 1980, and I I have actually I have a, a complete text on it. Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars is 56 pages. <laughs> Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars is 56 pages long, but the extra historical information and how it's put together is another 30 another 30 pages or so. And uh, that's available in a package. But anyway, the book Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars, is a, it is a collage or a collection of information, of military and uh, scientific information. And it teaches you how money actually works and how it's analyzed. It tells you how to make analog computer to actually bring uh, industries together and, and calculate the flow of money. It's a, it's a very broad spectrum book, and uh, that that book will give you a, a better idea of, of for example, I, I, do you have any familiarity with electronics? Yes. Well, in an electronic system, you have three passive you have three passive elements: capacitors, resistors, and inductors. Do you recognize uh, what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Yes. Okay, well, when you transfer that into a money system, you have the uh, capacitor represents capitals. The, the, uh, the capacitor represents capital, capital coefficients. The resistors, the uh, those green seal on the note represents consumer items. It's represented by resistors. The blue seal note is a capital industry and it's represented by capacitors. The red seal note of the, of the money represents labor and that's the inductor. And so when you wire an analog computer and you want to analyze what's going to happen in that computer, those are the components you use to represent the three different color seals on the dollar bill. That's not an accident. That's the way economics is analyzed. Wow. Uh, and the September 1980 issue of Scientific American carries an article written by Wassily W. Leontiev, who is the man that invented the silent weapon system. It's a 12-page writing, or 14-page writing, and it tells you how the diagrams are made for it and how it's analyzed to some extent. You can get to books, the studies. This book is also mentioned in it. Studies in the Structure of the American Economy by Wassily W. Leontief. It's a Harvard University re economics research project that was fi financed by the Rockefellers with $100,000 in the beginning in 1946, I think. And then uh, in 47, a guy by the name of Mock, oh, name of, oh, what's his name? It doesn't matter. He developed a method of using putting it on the computers, analyzing it. And then the, te the transistor was invented in 48, 1948, which took away the problem they had with most of those computers. They were vacuum tube-operated electronic computers. 
they blew out tubes so often that they had to keep a man running around the place changing tubes. But once, once the transistor came into the picture, that problem was solved. So they could be, so they could get into the world we have today. But uh, it, it's a very interesting article. The title of it is "The World Economy in the Year 2000." That that article was in September 1980 issue. It came out nine nine months after my book came out on the street, and these people had not yet seen my book because I had done it privately, anonymously, and for basically for the Patriot Movement. So Wassily Leontief had not seen that book, probably had not seen the book Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. But his his article in Scientific American was a, was an explanation of the, of the book itself. Could you give the guy's name again? The guy who wrote the article for Scientific American, what was his name again? Wassily, W-A-S-S-I-L-Y, W, period, Leontief, L-E-O-N-T-I-E-F. That's Wassily, W-A-S-S-I-L-Y, W, period, Leontief, L-E-O-N-T-I-E-F. Uh, uh, Hartford, I have silent weapons for quiet wars right in my lap now, and there must be stuff that must be missing. I read it once, and it was really over my head, and I thought, wow, it explains so much of what is happening. And But it was put out by lawfulpath.com. Oh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of people carrying it on the Internet. It's all yeah. over the Internet. But I it's, think it's, it's, it's taken out because it's only uh, 46 pages or something. They might be missing 10 pages of diagrams. Correct. But you go to 4-cd.com and you should be able to find a complete book. 4-tv. 4-cd.com. It stands for Four Corners Doctrine. 4-cd.com. Okay. And you can also find it on Rosner's site, Arnie Rosner's site. This is called Scan Retina. S-C-A-N-N-E-D-R-E-T-I-N-A. Yeah, I've been on that site. Okay. And you can find it on Seven Fires. There are many, many uh, sites for it. You look it up by name, Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. And you probably will find more sources from that you can, you can believe. Uh, okay. Because every, everybody everybody Sorry. seems to copy it and put it on another site. And it's gone all the way around the world and it's being translated into foreign languages everywhere. France just, okay. came, out with, France just came out with a new one. Okay. I yield. Thank you. Um, Hartford, I, I think... Um, uh, uh, best use of our limited time energy resources here would be real productive. Uh, there's a number of people that are uh, associated with the group Beacon 37 that are here in our conference. Wonder that was just talking was yeah. associated with them and um, uh, uh, Abraham. Um, and uh, they've recently made some significant progress, I believe, in their efforts to uh, uh, form a, a more constitutional form of government for the USA, and and I think it would be real valuable if they could bring yourself 
Hartford and the rest of us kind of up to speed on on recent developments there. Sure. Okay. Uh, I wonder, would yourself or Abraham or anybody associated with the Beacon Group like to uh, Abraham, give us a Abraham. summary of, of the recent progress made there? Abraham in Nevada, um, I, I fell out of Beacon 37 for about 10 months, and when I came back in, they have 40 states now. they got 10 more to go, and uh, those 40 states have six representatives, um, and the general assemblies are all uh, bona fide and notarized and being sent off to The Hague. Uh, for international recognition. So we've just got, perhaps by the end of this year, we'll have all 50 states locked up. And after that, I'd like to know what's going to happen. I'm not sure, but we'll have all 50 states. Now, well, uh, I, I just want to bring up something that you need to know. One of the original things that the money was going to be applied to was the common law grand juries. Well, the common law grand jury is the next step down, sir. What we've done is bringing forward the Articles of Confederation and unified the actual territories with the colonies, which were ne was never done back at the time of the states coming in and called states. Well, I'm, trying to make a, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to make a point here that's not quite what you're going down. There I'm was sorry, a, there, there, there was a provision made so that each county would have a million and a half dollars to work with. From what, where? Of, of, of public wealth rebate notes. From where? Public wealth rebate notes from the Hartford Van Dyke Public Wealth Rebate Bank Trust. There's already mm -hmm. been a, there was already an offer set forward that they would each be able to have about a million and a half dollars to work with, every one of them, every one of the 3,400 counties. Uh, I have no no reality on that. Uh, was that through uh, John Durash? No, that's my, an offering from my bank. Oh, that was... oh, thank you. Okay, now I get the connection um, because I I'm on both NLA and Beacon, and there was there was lots of talk of money, but never an uh, actual process. So I yes, would like to talk to you about that. Well, this process exists. There's a man by the name of Randall Dew that's being held a prisoner in the federal prison system. He's a public minister, and he's put forward, uh, it's about, well, at the time it was last calculated, it was $8 billion fund for the uh, Conference of Grant. Can you spell his last name? Harford, can you spell his last name? Randall what? Dew, D-U-E. Oh, Dew. But he's in a prison already, so there isn't a way in which we can... Uh, Work with him, or what is the process? No, I I represent him. Excellent. And we will be talking to you and have uh, some of our committee talk to you. But I will talk to you tomorrow because okay. it's important we get information like that. You're a fountain for us. And who and who are you? I am Wonder Ann from Spartanburg, South Carolina. Well, give me the spell it for me because I have a hearing problem. I, I have the same. I'm with you. Wonder, like you wonder who she is, you wonder what she's doing. Wonder Bread, W-O-N-D-E-R. Wonder what? Wonder, Ann, A-N-N. Wonder Ann, Wonder Ann, okay. And what's your last name? Ann. I don't give my... Uh, oh, my that's all right. I just I just want to know, be able to have something so when you call, I'll know who you are. That's okay. right. And, I'll uh, be calling. Okay. Thank you. And uh, this, it's, uh, 
my problem is knowing that somebody that's approaching me is the real thing. Do you understand that? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That, that is okay. A, because, a because once I know the name of your organization that you're working in the Constitution, trying to it sounds like the same project. Absolutely. Uh, well, I, I I will just make the check out for you and send it to you. And then there's another thing that's happening is there are some people that are considering having a currency available too. When you say currency, what type of currency are you... Uh... They look as good as your dollar bills. They're, the, the portraiture on them comes from the 1902 series of postage stamps of the United States. The filigree comes from from other bills, the decoration, design. They're beautiful. Excellent, because this UPU is of the highest form that we can get. Well, these look, these are, they're not as good as the engraved ones that you get from the Federal Reserve, but they're close enough to, they're close enough for this stuff. All right. We're, we're, we're amateurs, we're amateurs at this stuff, you know. (laughs) I would imagine the disbursement of these funds, its primary focus would, would have to be infrastructure, communication, and archiving, and uh, some sort of systems analyst necessary to put together a very nimble, very flexible uh, technological structure that allows everybody to, you know, dial this thing up to exponentially expand our interests without having any bottlenecks. So technology that's going to lend itself to communications and being able to archive everything and have everyone be able to come online and be able to associate and integrate in this thing and to put a couple of IT experts together that can manage how this thing would function because, you know, I guess you would use the word, the enemy is well-funded, well-coordinated, well-orchestrated, and we're almost like the ragtag, uh, you know, colonists trying to fight against the massive redcoats, and we're doing it with broomsticks and freaking, you know, well, helpful people. You just haven't been aware that this was available. It's been, it's been available for over a year. And the thing is, these things happen in their own season. And during that period of time, there have been several banks established that you could get the money from any one of these banks, but they're all for the same fund. There's one in Michigan, there's one in in Colorado, one in New Mexico, one in Texas, then two in in Washington. So there's six banks that that you can tap into. It's been dispersed this way so that they, if anybody tries to put a stop to it, there's at least six locations that they can go shift over to. Well, well, Charles, there you have it, Charles. Once you have this thing functioning in the abstract world and you have the nuts and bolts and the flow charts functioning properly, and then you've got the funding, this thing will dial up so quickly everybody's head will spin and figure out how the hell did they do that. That's it. Uh, but the thing that you want to understand, part of that money is for the, uh, the occupation of the people. It's paycheck. Absolutely. And they've got to be paid. They have to, when they go into a courtroom, when they go into a courtroom and they're facing attorneys that are charging $300 an hour or whatever, uh, you know, some of it's pretty steep, then the people that are on the jury get paid the same rate that the attorneys do. Oh, and you bet your bottom dollar if they're getting paid that good, they're going to want to be nose into that case as far as they can because the longer they stay, the more they make. 
That's so, right. so Hartford, do you put any credibility on private attorney generals? Because I read the Constitution allows for that so that people can have redress those and are, remedies. Those are things that you people are going to have to work out. The objective okay. is to make sure the Constitution gets to the top again. Right. Okay. I get it. Thank you. I'm not, tr- I'm not trying to run all this stuff at the bottom. I'm just trying to make sure that you know that because a judge and five U.S. attorneys screwed up the system back in 1997, they built a, a base of, inf- of money with a very good interest rate. And over the last 20 years, it has magnified its over $65 billion. And it's been earmarked for exactly what you people are doing and for helping the veterans. And as many veterans as you can get involved in this, the better. They've, they've paid the price. They've paid the price. They're, they've taken an oath to come in there and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. They're already on the, they're already on the position of doing that service. And they can go in in full uniform in a courtroom and they can take, take a judge off the bench if they have to. That's true. Wow. I'm sorry. I, I got excited and I yield. This is That's exactly where we need to go. So just the money, I'm not saying the money isn't going to be a problem, but if you remove the money within your system, it'll eventually get known well enough to the public on the street that they'll want some of it. And when that happens, their, their hypnotism of always looking at the Federal Reserve notes, thinking that's the only option, that hypnotism will be broken, and they'll be back to, to living their life on their own labor and getting some benefit out of it instead of being screwed over by a bunch of criminals on the bench. Thank you. Absolutely. Amen. This is Allie. Arthur, this is so interesting of when you speak about timing. You know, you say this has been available for a year. Well, well it's been it's available been a, for over a year. Well, it's over closer, a year. Closer to two years. Okay. Well, we've been just working like crazy in this group with Wonder Ann and uh, Brad and uh, uh, all of us, you know, getting our, uh, our our job done to declare that uh, uh, we are a republic. But with the timing, I, I was just delighted where – when I was an elected official here in the state of Washington, a water commissioner, <clears throat> and I inve- investigated the uh, where the money from the Public Works Trust Fund went, <clears throat> and became familiar with Walter Burian. Mm-hmm. Well, Walter is now uh, working with us in our group, and, you, and now no, you're no, going no. to be coming into our group, and this is timing. Our time is here. There's is one thing I want to make clear now. Just a second. I want to make something clear before we go any further. Okay, and then I have a question. I have My situation is I don't know all these names. I don't know all these people. I'm not socially connected into this. I've been a theoretician. Do you understand? I've worked with the theory and the practice, creating a base work. Now, we've got people like uh, Charlie Charles here that's got... Uh, has knows your names. He knows who's who. He he's familiar with you people. I need somebody to double check so that when I put this money out, it doesn't go out in a, to somebody that's frauding the system. Do you understand me? Absolutely. Oh yes, and I'd be one that would vouch for what what wonderful work uh, we and our group are doing all the way across the United States. Well, that's and, fine. And Hawaii. That's fine. But what I'm saying is, 
you people are going to have to get your heads together and figure out some way of monitoring to make sure that this money doesn't get sidetracked and put in the wrong place. Correct. Absolutely. In other words, you're going to have to police this banking system with oversight to make sure that the money goes to where it's supposed to go because I can't keep up with it. Well, no, you know, none of us can keep up with it. But yeah, um, but you anyway, have my, the, my but, other ma'am, question. Ma'am, you have the familiarity of the names that count. I don't. Okay. Well, you know, I'm I'm here and available uh, on uh, the Puget Sound side of Washington. Well, you work together, form yourself a conference group or whatever, but make sure that this money, when it goes out, it goes to someplace real where it's needed for the purpose that you're working it. Because well, I, I, can't, I can't keep up with all of that. You have to understand. I'm only one person up here. I'm 77 years old. It will be taken care of. Hartford, it will be taken care of, and you'll be proud of the way it's taken care of. Don't worry about it. It's going to be handled well. And I want you to stay in touch with Charles because he seems to have a connection with most of you. And uh, just make sure it works. That's all I care about it. I I put in my effort, and I don't want my effort wasted. Of course I don't want it wasted. I have a feeling we're going to get one shot at this. If we goof it up, we won't get another shot. That's right. Okay, now now for my one question. Go for uh, it. A while, a while back, um, I came across uh, a document that was supposedly found on the hard drive of a computer at a, uh, a, a computer, you know, resale place. And it was entitled uh, Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars and uh, was released uh, through StopTheCrimeDebt.net. Uh, is is that somehow the same document? Yeah, it probably it is. Probably is the same document. And uh, I, I found it really interesting because, uh, you know, some people have trouble reading a, a long document like that. How many was, was it? Forty nine pages or fifty six pages of fifty six eight and a half by five and a half inch format. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, there was a fellow uh, who was so impressed with it. And he realized that it was hard for some people to, uh, you know, sit down and read the whole document. And in his lovely voice, he showed it on the screen and he read it so you could uh, follow along with it. And then when it came to all the graphs and that, um, he, he was silent so uh, and showed the graphs so we could look at those and, and see for ourselves on it. And then after a given amount of time, go back into reading the text of it. Uh, so I was just delighted to think, oh, wait a minute, maybe when he first did that, that's how it got released. Mm. Because that's a few years back. Yes, it's been around since 1979. Oh, okay. Well, then they fabricated the story about where it came from because I'm really glad to know that well, now I know the, who the man is that wrote it. Thank the, story was, the story was... Uh, by 1979, put out anonymously to about 65 people. But there was a man going up the road with his thumb out in a navy in his uh, military uniform, Air Force uniform, with his thumb out, and you don't usually see a military man thumbing a right along the road. That was in Vancouver, Washington. So I pulled over to ask him what he needed. He says, I'm late for my duty station. I said, I'll take you there. 
And so I drove, drove him up to Fort McCord Air Force Base. I happened to be working with my book at that time, had it in the seat beside me. I explained the book all the way up there. And when he got out of the car, I gave him a copy of the book and he carried it on base past the, past the watchman. And when he got inside, apparently, and was reading it, it shook him up. And he buried it in a copy machine. Well, a few years later, 1986, uh, a man in Boeing, Air Force, uh, Air Force Base had an auction of Volt equipment. And a man in Boeing needed parts for his copy machine, and he got that copy machine that that thing was buried in, got it when he purchased the machine. And he opened it up to get his parts for his machine, and he found that book. And he said, well, he said, well, anyway, his comments. He oh, broke oh. out. He said he broke out in a cold sweat. Well, he read the book and he sent it over to America's Promise Newsletter in Phoenix, Arizona, and they put it on the, the, the on the street. That was the first publication on the street of it. Was by America's Promise Newsletter. And then a little bit later, about 1990. The guy that put out the book, Behold a Pale Horse, right. that book, he made Chapter 1, the book, Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. Oh, my Lord. And then in about 1996, one of the people that had worked with me on that book, helping me with the typing and stuff, says, you're going to have to admit to the public that this wasn't put out by the government because it's being quoted in court cases. <laughs> and he, well, said, he said relative to them, it's basically dis disinformation. I said, all right. So I revealed on uh, shortwave radio, Patriot shortwave radio, that I had written the book. But the original form of that book was put out in 1974. A copy, the original was just a six page, eight and a half by 14 full pages. And it was called Warning, Surprise Attack Imminent. And that was provided a copy of that was provided to each and every member of Congress, all the senators and all the representatives, in uh, December 7, 1974. But it went nowhere. Well, in 1968, somebody that had some money, a family that had some money, saw that book. They said this book's got to go into print, and so they financed the, the, the research and uh, to expand it from the six page eight and a half by 14 up to a full-sized book, they put up the money for that for, to, to finance the book until it was done. So it, it was a work of love from the public, too. Wow. It's nice to know the rest of the story. Thank you. Yeah. So there was a family of five people, three girls and two boys. They put their money together for that. They were elderly, but uh, they knew it had to be out there. So, Thanks. Then I had a person look over my shoulder to make sure it stayed the kind of book it was supposed to be. Because you get into something like that and it can change as your attitude changes. They made sure that the attitude of that book was that it was going to be, a, it was going to come out like a military manual when it came out. So people would look at it and say, this is a military source. And it was. It was a collage of military and, and scientific writings. I didn't write all that stuff. Some of it was borrowed right out of the textbooks. And uh, one of the books was Studies in the Structure of the American Economy by Wassily Leontiev. 
Another one was uh, operations research by Taha. And I could go down the line, but uh, a report from Iron Mountain was heavy. A report from Iron Mountain by Leonard C. Lewin was the thing that tipped, tripped that book into motion. So, Hartford, Hartford, would you entertain uh, a small group of people coming out your way to visit with you for maybe a couple of days? Well, I don't usually ask people to come out because I don't think they're going to find any more out here. Just a person, and I'm not—I'm not photogenic. <laughs> so you don't even—it's not even worth you looking at me on a television screen if it was distant that way. There's something in the energy field. There's something in the energy field that transmit, transmutes time and space, and it might be a visceral experience. Uh, sometimes, you know, language does not communicate all there is to understand. Sometimes being in the presence of other people communicates the unspoken word. Yes, I know what you're saying there. I have put on seminars, and uh, people have come and visited me here. I'm not against it, but uh, it's a long ways to come. I'm over where, here. Where, are you, where, where are you again? What part of the country? Forty miles south of the Canadian border, up in the eastern corner of Washington. You have you ever heard of Spokane? It's very you, far away from from any major city there. Have you ever heard of Spokane, Washington? Absolutely. Well, Spokane, Washington is seventy miles below me. Okay. Almost directly below me, seventy miles. They have a train station. Amtrak comes in through Spokane, but the rest of it's about the rest of it's an automobile ride. That would make a very nice field trip. <laughs> I really don't have anything fancy. I'd have to rent some place around here. I, I, Listen, I'd, I'd be happy with a campfire. <laughs> well, I go off into all kinds of subjects besides law. I want to be there when that happens. And I can go on, I can talk on these other subjects too on uh, on your show here. You know, it doesn't you don't have to come here to hear them. I have several subjects I talk on. So Man, they're not they're not all constitution, they're not all law. Some of them are uh a little bit far out. <laughs> Wow. Brad again from Massachusetts. Brad. Yeah. So anyway, we could talk about that on some other shows, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I, have, I, I have another question for you, Mr. Dyke. Yeah, you can ask you another question. We're getting pretty late here for most of us, I think. I just, I did one more subject. Ellie, uh, started on the subject with uh, Walter Burian, but we're, we're going to be taking a look at the Capper account. Oh yeah. Um, can you, you, you have any knowledge of the Capper accounts at all? I don't have anything to talk about the Capper account. I, I know that it exists, and that's all. Okay. And I know that it exists only because of a whole bunch of people who told me it exists, and it's pretty easy to prove that it exists. Well, we don't need to prove they exist. We just we we just want to get we're trying to gather as much information as possible. Um, we we already know that they exist. Um, well, if the Kaffir accounts exist and they were accomplished by taxation, they can be leaned back into the public. 
So that's uh, where we're that's where that's what we're going to be working on. Is this well, thing, what is what, this what they are here? is they are done on from the comprehensive annual financial report. Right, I know that. And uh, they take the money out of there. And uh, here in the state of Washington, I even went to the state audit, acting state auditor with the evidence of what they call, uh, they call it the CAFR scam. Uh, but with my evidence on the CAFR and showing criminal charges that had been filed and the year before the uh, uh, Washington Gov's financial report showing where the dollars were, then the criminal charges were filed the next year, and the following year uh, they deleted all of the dollars and put percentages. And when I showed her this information and all of that, she, uh, and I have it in writing, uh, told me that uh, they can only audit uh, what is lawful. And as far as she knows, this is lawful, but she would heard my concerns about this, and if I thought it was unethical, I needed to speak to the legislators. Who are the ones that made it possible? In the state of Washington, I found it's over $9 billion in the last few years. Uh, throughout the U.S., it's, it's close. It's, uh, it's into the, over $100 trillion. Yeah. It's uh, trillions of dollars of our money they've taken yeah, from all our it. utilities, all, anyone who files a comprehensive annual financial report. They take it's the money, the, they, they embezzle the money from the, from the tax coffers, and then they claim they don't have enough taxes to take care of all of the civilness. Exactly. And, 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 then, and, the, and then they raise the amount of the taxes to meet the difference. Yes, and, and all of the evidence, and, and then it will show CAFRs from all the different states on, on Walter's website, which is CAFR1.com, and that's number one. But you see, if you have a CAFR account on Washington, you can file criminal charges against the people there in Washington. They and did. Then, and, then, and then, you see, they will not prosecute their own people. They exercise selective prosecution. So it's a yeah, they, of, they totally uh, denied and dismissed the criminal charges that were filed on them. Yeah, well, ma'am, listen. This is, it's a three-step process. You only have three major steps in the commercial system. You don't have motions and petitions or any of that stuff. You don't even have writs. You have criminal complaints, liens, and... And uh, well, it's called default notices. Yeah. Okay, those are the three things. When you do the criminal complaint against, we use a standard box form for it. You just check the boxes, and it puts a paragraph that explains it or whatever. So you put the criminal complaint in, and at the end of the criminal complaint, you put the lien value, the fair market value of it. The criminal complaint is set up to, to design is designed to make the whole process very speedy. And then you can find that form on scanned retina and c4-cd.com. And I and I have copies of it available. I got a complete manual, fundamental principles and processes of commercial law. It's 159 pages, and I have another book called uh, Public Wealth Rebate uh, Bank Account CR-96-500C. That's 139 pages. It shows how I did it in Seattle, Washington. But what, and, you do, and, but what you do is you file a criminal complaint. They are not going to prosecute their own people. So they exercise selective prosecution. And as soon as it's clear that that's what's going to happen, and it doesn't take long to figure that one out, 
It immediately shifts over to a lien process, which is announced at the bottom of the criminal complaint as an alternative remedy. Then you file that in the county recorder's office. If the county that you're in won't accept it, you take it to another county. Because under Article 4 of the Constitution, the acts, records, and proceedings of all the states shall be uniform state to state. So it doesn't matter which one you file it in. But once you file that lien, they have three, three months Jewish international commerce or, or 90 days statutory to rebut or contest that lien. And if they don't, then you have the power to put a lien on the CAFR account, pull it right out, and put it in your own bank. Well, that's interesting you say that because I'm involved with a group called that has started out as Take Back Your Power and is now the Empower Movement. And what we did, there are three seed groups of us, and I'm in the seed group in Seattle where we began a notice of liability against the city of Seattle for their rolling out of smart meters and followed those steps. And we have the liens filed now uh, and just waiting to see what uh, uh, they're going to be doing next. No, you don't understand, ma'am. You haven't got the picture yet. You file the lien and it comes to it comes to the closure. In other words, lack of contest into default. It immediately and they don't they don't argue against this thing because they would have to expose their crimes to do it. So it goes right to the default mode, and as soon as it does, it becomes an an asset behind your own currency on the street. You don't have to ask somebody else's permission on it. Oh, lean to default. It goes right straight into default. And the default notice you put on the street is currency. Money in the uh, bank. It goes right straight onto the street, and that is the proof that you completed the process and that the money belongs to the public. Yep. Oh, and we've we've made it into the millions of dollars. And one thing that after we filed it in the beginning, uh, three people from uh, the the uh, council stepped down, not to rerun again, and left. Yeah, because they see that we're right on the wall. Yeah, and the, the CEO, Herrick Verasco, resigned from Seattle City Life. The CAFR oh. account, the CAFR account, be brought out onto the street with this method, without any further jurisdiction. It does not have to go through any court process. It doesn't have to go through any court process whatsoever. Oh my God, that's great. That is really good, interesting news to learn. That's how my, that's how I ran my case to get my note. I know that the system works, and my process was never challenged and never has been challenged by the FBI, the Secret Service. It's never been proven wrong. Nobody's ever put it down in 20 years. Is this Mel from Turtle Island, Mel? Is that you? No. No, I mean, the lady that was speaking... Oh, what was the name? What was the name of that group? You said Ellie from Washington. Ellie, was that the uh, empowerment group you said? Empowermovement.com. Empower movement. Okay. It's with the smart meters. And uh, and and the forms basically uh, on how to do a notice of liability uh, can be used against anyone who is causing harm to you. Yeah, and all you got to do is the same process I just described. Criminal, yeah. co criminal complaint, then a filing of the lien process, let it go to default, and you can bring the money right straight out onto the street. The reason you have to go through the criminal process is very simple. If you attack a public official directly with a lien, they call it paper terrorism and interfering with their occupation, and they'll jail you over it. But 
if you put, do the criminal complaint first, when you bring criminal charges against an official, it brings them outside the veil of limited liability of their corporation on their on the street. Then you can deal with them as a lien, and they can and it's a personal action then. But you don't do it as a person; you do it as a public proxy. You're signed in on the criminal complaint as a public proxy, which means you're working for the public, and so it's not an individual attack; it's a public attack. Yeah. Then, then when you do the lien process, you do not put your name on the lien as the person receiving the lien. You put yourself on the lien as a public escrow proxy. Uh, public proxy means you're working for the public, and an escrow proxy means that you are acting as a trustee of the money that comes out of that fund so that you can put it into the hands of the public. Mm-hmm. And so immediately, as soon as you have one of these things one of these uh, processes completed. One of these processes completed, what, and you have the default. It automatically creates a bank, hmm? a public wealth rebate bank. It automatically creates a public wealth rebate bank. And if you're the one who's done the work on the project, you are the proxy. You are the escrow proxy of the place. You run the bank, unless you turn it over to somebody else to run. So it's a very slick, very straightforward method. It's been used and it can't be challenged. It's commercially correct. And Hartford, you've manifested that in your own name as the Hartford Van Dyke Public Wealth Rebate Bank. Is that correct? I put my name up front because then I don't have to have a, a state license or a, or a, what's called a uh, charter. Mm-hmm. You put your own name on it, you become a sole proprietor, and in this case a sole proprietor acting as a proxy for the public. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to get any license from the state. The state can't come in and say you can't run a bank. If you look it up in, in books on law and banking, as long as it's a private bank, they can't do anything to you. Mm-hmm. But you have to keep it private. But the only private thing you do is you offer yourself as a trustee to manage the money in behalf of the public. That money belongs to the public. You can't spend it. But... right. Under title, under title 42, section 1994 of the United States Code, it says there shall be no peonage or involuntary servitude in this country. And anybody that violates that is criminally attachable under title 18, section 1581. Well, since you were mandated to put the, put the criminal complaint on under title 18, section 4, it is mandatory service. That would be peonage. <laughs> That would be that would be peonage and involuntary servitude if it is if there wasn't a paycheck coming in from it. So when you do this process, technically you have the right to charge the government for the damages. A piece of that money that comes off of that becomes yours because you were the person that worked the case under Title 42, Section 1994, Title 18, Section 1581. You get a portion of what you collect. As a, as a what did you say compensation for what you've done to help that wrong be corrected. You're acting in the public interest. With interest. You're doing a public service. That's right. Since you're a public servant in that capacity, under Title 42, Section 1994, Title 18, Section 1581, the government has to pay you. So when you get into one of these projects of writing criminal complaints and all, keep track of your time because you get to charge for it. I 
You don't have to work for free. Uh, Hartford, can, can I explore a point of uh, hopeful clarification here? Yeah. Um, I, I think earlier you mentioned you, you cared my um, uh, apprehension that you were um, um, you had reservations about the UCC. Um, uh, there, uh, um, Slow I'd down. Like to, Instead of jumping around with your voice, stop and think what you want to say and then say it. I'm doing as best I can, sir. You did find it. All right, thank you. Um, <laughs> well, well, there's some issues here that, um, it, at least I want to be respectful of your sensitivities. I, I think I've raised the issue before, but that was, I think, when you were under the the um, uh, reservation of the UCC. Um, but I, I've, I've used the word... Uh, um, uh, 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 I want to say default. It's a D word. Um, uh, discharge. When 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 we secure these liens or commercial defaults, uh, and it, then that the resulting default document can be used as a currency. And then when we do, people like common people either get assigned a portion of that or they directly use it. Then the terminology used under the UCC anyway is that that when they take a couple hundred dollar uh, assignment like this and send it to the electric company, then um, the uniform commercial code wording is that the the the, the debt is discharged. Yes, I is is that, that harmonious with your vision of how it would work, or would there be other wording? That is discharged. I think that's the language they use. But, I you, know. but this, yeah, they'll give it on the receipt. It'll probably say the debt is... They'll probably see. I'm going to get to my face on this microphone. They say they'll say that the debt is discharged. Yes, that'll probably be what they say. But you want to understand something that when you right now, because it's unfamiliar, it's unfamiliar money. When you pay a debt this way, you, when you pay a debt this way, you send the money in with a bill or a copy of the bill of what you're paying, and you also send attached to it a copy of the fund the amount of money in the banking fund is backing the note. Uh-huh. They see both things. They see the bank's balance and where it's located, so they know where they can call for information. And number two, they see the bill. Number three, the money. Mm-hmm. And, 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 then you, oh. and then you don't use, then you don't need a UCC process. Right, but but the, the 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 lawyers that the the accountants are going to be going whining to the lawyers, and the lawyers are probably at least familiar with the UCC. And if we can make an argument under the UCC that the debt is discharged, that should cure the whole problem, shouldn't it? Well, that's for them to work out because that's that's statutory stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, technically not commercial; it's statutory. They treat it as commercial. They call it the Uniform Commercial Code, but. Uh, I'm I'm not convinced of the whole system yet, but I do know they use it internationally. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Schweitzer and Freeman were 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 uh, pretty convinced that because of its universal international nature, that it was pretty safe to go out and dance with them there. Well, you people work that stuff out because it comes to me in raw form. Mm-hmm. It's going to be up to you to work out those other details. I don't know what to say to you about them. 
Well, okay, I just I just wanted your your response on that. I, I'm glad you shared it. I was just going to provide you with an instrument that I know has a value because of how it was obtained. Yeah, yeah. I, I think with the group we're putting together, uh, Abraham and um, others here, um, um, that 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 we're going to be able to run with with what you've provided here, Hartford. Yeah. Well, I hope you can do something with it. It's about time. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Charles, Charles, I want to chime in there. I think it's the right time, the right place, and the right people. I want you to put your seatbelts on. Abraham Durand from Las Vegas, yes. Uh, he's one of the key players I'm working with here, Hartford, to try okay. to put all this together. Well, you got something to work with. I think we better shut this thing down. Okay, well, you're welcome to hang up. I'm kind of hardcore. Uh, maybe others would like to leave, too, but uh, I'm going to hang on. And, 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 yes, Charles, uh, I'll, I'll hang on with you. Okay. All right. Good night. Yeah, glad you could Talk share with us, Hartford. Good night. We'll be in touch. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to say good night, too, Charles. My my beauty sleep calls. <laughs> <laughs> Don't don't OD. Don't OD. Don't OD on that beauty sleep. You don't want to wake up. I need all of my buttons up. Love you, buddy. This has been exciting. Oh, don't worry. Yep. Woo! We'll see you at the top. You got it, baby. The ladder is going in the right direction. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see what the superstructure of this thing is going to look like when it's humming like a beehive. You got it, babe. And I and I appreciate everybody for keeping their cool when it was disrupted so badly out of time. So thank you for being gentlemen and ladies. Yeah, yeah. Your oh, influence was good, Wonder. I do hope you can join with us in future conferences, too. Thank you, Charles. I'll be back. It's just I just never remember on Wednesday, but I'm back. All right, all right. Love you. Bye. You're going to set up a system where everyone can integrate. You're going to set up a system where everyone can integrate at all times. There will always be conferences going on 24-7. At some point, someone will be holding a conference, and anyone can chime in. We want to set that structure up. Absolutely. And it's about coming on time. And if you're not on time, you say, Okay, I need to catch up. Not them catch up with me. <laughs> All right. Bye bye. I see you. So Charles. Yes. The um the issue on the uh utilities. Yeah. You're 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 not you're you're not well versed in HJR one ninety two? Uh, I'm fairly well versed in it, but that seems a bit of a stretch over and above the regular commercial law default process that Hartford and the UCC talks about. Um, the the HGR-192 kind of requires a little bit of conspiracy theory, I think, um, uh, whereas well, the others, they don't require getting our hands entangled in the conspiracy theory stuff, you know? Conspiracy theory based on the fact that it's a joint resolution that that they, or or do you actually need the public law that that cites the same verbiage? Well, I, I I'm familiar with the verbiage. I see a little bit of wiggle room there for interpretation 
and 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 I I don't feel quite as confident and as solid as some of the people that advocate that that puts all that power in our hands. Well, it's the same. You can find the same thing in Public Law seventy three ten. Yeah, the same ambiguous wording. Yep. And well, we're, well, we don't uh, need more ambiguous wording. We need somebody to jump up from an official position of power and, and say that that's what it really means. Okay. Vince, is that you from Massachusetts, Vince? This is Brad. Oh, Brad, Brad. Okay, Brad. Brad, this is Abraham, the fellow that uh, introduced you to Charles, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. I've been listening all night. I've been here all night. Oh, okay. All right, just want to make um, sure you know who you're speaking with here. And um, now, as as far as as far as how how you work, um, you work all that stuff through um, through the Department of Treasury. Have, have you read any of that? The uh, the Title Thirty One stuff. I haven't. Uh, well, I, I think I have, and and maybe there is some advancements there. Are you saying that people are? I, I, perhaps I am on the curve there, Brad, and, and maybe you're bringing some insights to the table that can produce another revenue stream also that, that perhaps we can capitalize on. Well, you, you, can, read, you can read Title 31, um, Section 5118-D2. Five one one D two. Five one one eight. Five one one eight D two. Okay. That that relates to that relates to how uh, how a person would uh, utilize the the, the the verbiage in HJI one ninety two. Okay. And and um, you know there've there've um, been a number of people. A, a woman named Heather that was doing some stuff. Uh, I believe. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, that's that's the T, that's the TDA account. You don't want to mess with that stuff. Okay. Well, I know there's there's some things that are okay and some things that are kind of dangerous there. And and we need people skilled in these areas that can help us navigate through the minefield without our getting our butts blown off. Yeah, we don't. You don't want to mess with the TDA account. You don't want to mess with that. Mm. The 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 five one one eight has to do with um. It, 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 it it's more than just using your birth certificate, um, which is what you're talking about. Um, hey, hey, Charles, Charles, can we move this to a Zoom call where we can do video? Uh, I'm not sure my Zoom video is working right now. Why don't we just go ahead and ride this on out and try to do another one another time, Abraham. Okay. All right, fine. Brad? Yes. Um, you were saying? Um, yeah, if you read if you read um Title Thirty One stuff, it, it's a lot more involved than just um than than just working with your uh, birth certificate and trying to trying to open that account and and using the uh, using your social security routing the the bank that holds your social security account and that routing number and all that that that's TDA you don't want to mess with that they they um they won't let you go after that stuff 
I like I like this guy I like this guy uh, Hartford. He's uh, very knowledgeable. I think I think uh, this this is going to be very fruitful um, as far as getting as far as getting private banks set up across the country. I think that's going to be the way to go. Yeah, yeah, we've got a lot of potential right at our fingertips here if we can just capitalize on it. Absolutely. You gotta think it through in the fundamental game. You gotta you gotta know where all of these connective points are, Charles, and we've got to start building that uh, flow chart and diagram and where all yeah, these flow chart, connect. I know. <laughs> right on, Abraham. <laughs> hey Brad, Brad, I was hoping you would get back to me uh with uh, some kind of feedback on your experience with Charles. I uh, was I was waiting your call. Are you gonna get back to me at some point? With Mike. Uh, this is my first experience with Charles tonight. Charles tonight. Oh, okay. I think maybe you had spoken to him several times before. No, okay. Well, I spoke with him just to set up um, to, to 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 have a conversation with him, and and uh, he he led me to tonight's call. Um. So do, now I have I have um I have somebody here in Massachusetts that is going after um, seven federal judges. Is there somebody that, that we can hook him up with that can help him get get uh, through this, get him over the top? Or? Well, that sounds like Arnie, Arnie Rosner in California. That's like, uh, what do you think about that, Charles? Arnie likes going after the judges. Yeah. Um, a lot of us like going after the judges. And, and um, Hartford laid some good groundwork there by uh, emphasizing the importance of framing everything as a criminal complaint. Right. So, so, so you know, there's a lot of Title 42 stuff that's just civil. But, um, uh, if you don't throw in the criminal complaint, then there's there's no real offense against the public. Um, you, it's all private, and that leaves you under their private de facto Roman Empire jurisdiction, um, and you need to break out of that, and the way to do that is um, uh, uh, through through making sure you're doing a criminal complaint, and I think Hartford referenced also proceeding as a public proxy. There's a number of names associated with that. Charles, 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 I was a little hazy when um, when I was interacting with Hartford there when he was talking about the public proxy because I had mentioned to him that sounded a lot like a private attorney general. Are you familiar with Rodney Dale Class? I've read a lot of his cases. Are you familiar yeah, with yeah, any of his no work? Doubt there's a lot of good work coming out of Rod and his brother. Um, uh, I forget his name. Uh, Class. Um, well, how about I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to go somewhere I'm trying to go somewhere with this really quick. Brad, are you familiar with Rodney Dale class? I'm not. Okay, you want it? You want uh, Brad? Are you familiar with the the concept of the private attorney general? I, I am. Yes. Okay, because the Constitution makes allotment for when there's when there's a criminal criminality with the with the state agents. And when the government is functioning uh, opposed to the people in the Constitution, I've read the writings in this thing, it makes specific remedy for the idea of the uh, 
of the private attorney general to function in what appeared to be concert with what Hartford Van Dyke said about the public proxy. It sounds like that's synonymous with the private attorney general, but I couldn't get him to enunciate that. I wasn't certain. He just kind of made a turn on there and said, well, that's for you people to figure out. But Charles, does that sound like it resonates with you? Is that what we're trying to do? We're trying to take on the role of a private attorney general according to the specifications in the Constitution? Um, the short answer is yes. Okay. You, you, have, you have to remember, Abraham, we're not we're we're gonna be existing in the private. We're we're not gonna be using near public laws. Well, hence hence private attorney general, not public attorney general. No, right? I, well, I get I I, I'd like still... to jump in there, fellas. I, Brad, um, the, the, there is safety within our private jurisdiction, but a lot of our po empowerment comes in where there's a public need and, and the people posturing as the public servants are actually acting in a private capacity, their own corrupted private capacity. They're under we from our own private capacity that's more righteous, more conscience-bound, right can step in, at least temporarily, into the public sphere to do a needed public service. Exactly. That's the definition of a private attorney general, verbatim. Right, right. But, but see, there's, it's real. See, at some point, words become fluid, and they start becoming ambiguous, and um, instead of statutory, it becomes flying by the seat of your pants, natural, organic, you know? And... Um, um, so, when, but when a private attorney general uh, uh, starts prosecuting a criminal complaint, then by very definition, anybody that commits a crime is is doing an offense against the the public. It's, that's the reason that. Okay, the Charles. The, Charles, can the public can the public be can the public be a victim that has been harmed with demonstrable injury? Well, well, the point is. It, um, uh, the element of a public any time any natural person individual is actually physically harmed, like you said, I think that's your main point. Then also the the larger organic body politic has been harmed. It's like banging your finger with a hammer. It's not just your finger that feels the pain. It's everybody in your whole body feels the pain. Well, then, in, the, in that case, because, you know, I really wish that we could have a couple of Zoom calls, uh, Charles, and I know you might have a little misgivings of this, but I'm going to ask you to trust my intuition and insight here. Um, I want you to get acclimated, and, and Brad, you probably want to be familiar with this, too. I don't know how far you want to go with this, but some of us want to take it over to the finish line, and I imagine you do, too, Brad. But there's Larry works in concert with this other fella um, in, in, in Arizona, Dino Mendoza, right? And I would like for us very soon uh, to have a, a couple of Zoom conferences because I believe the method by which you and Dino could collaborate and then kind of ease you, and even though you had an initial knee-jerk reaction with Larry, you're talking about somebody who's dedicated the last 15, 20 years of his life, if not more, to setting up constitutional law enforcement throughout the entire country and the Patriot Police throughout the entire country, and his model is almost ready. If he would have had the funding, we would have accountability for the public officials 
uh, throughout the entire nation if he would have had funding. And from what Hartford just mentioned, if you're doing the public's work and you're functioning in the public good and you can demonstrate that the state agents have created harm both as the body politic and in their individual capacities because they're all independently owned corporations that run the government. So this is really the, 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 the cats have just taken over the, the farm completely. And Larry has a process by which anybody can go into the courtrooms, figure out exactly where the judge has transgressed his position, and then go right across, fill out the criminal complaint, and then have it be prosecuted. And that can be done thousands of times a day across the entire nation. And you can supplant the system almost overnight. Well, if he can do that, then he can control the treasury of the courthouse. Well, the, well, Larry, I told you, they shut down the city of Albuquerque because they, 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 the city's blood went ice cold. It went into a news dark out because they thought he was going in to arrest all the judges. And he went in there with the marshal badges from his corporation, which was mandated uh, to root out any um, improper use of governmental agencies, governmental agents, and, and improper judicial process. Because it's from what Larry says, and, and Larry's the one who kind of brought me up to speed in this specific aspect of how this criminal conduct is so pervasive, it looks normal. But if Larry can get his organization together and get it funded, and the only way we're going to be able to be able to realize, see, there's no accountability. The people do not have a representative government. We do not have representative law enforcement. We do not have representative police. So if we find these people are acting you know, through misconduct, and where do you go? You can't go to the police. You can't go to the, to the police station. You can't, you know, so you have to have another body that can do that. This is why I was trying to get you to function along with Larry and see where the common points of interest are and find where the connectivity is because through looking through that connectivity, through that prism, then all the other issues can kind of meld in and be able to get assuaged to the point where they're non, they're non, they don't interfere, they're, they're non-issues because the commonality is stronger than, than the differences. And that's what I wanted, that's the message I needed to bring to you. And maybe Larry's a little too much at first. And, you know, I used to live down the street from that freaking guy, so I know. But the other fellow, Dino, Within the next couple of days, I would like for us to hit that Zoom call pretty hard because he's dedicated the last couple of years, almost freaking 70, 80 hours a week to this thing, and he's fighting right, the well, system we, tooth and nail. We can, we can plug on doing the Zoom call within the next few days here, Abraham, definitely. Yeah, and you may not you know, feel 100% comfortable with that, but trust, trust the intuition and insight. You, you know I have good, I, a good grasp of a lot of this I'm to try, stuff. but I've got apprehensions about Larry, rather like Rod Class. And you remember, um, uh, Hartford, I'm going to on you here, if I might, that, that we might have to break into different groups, because I can work with Hartford, and I can work with you, and I can work with a lot of people. But, but mm -hmm. there are people that maybe you can work with, you know, and, and you guys can build your own consensus in your own community. Well, 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 Charles, the ear is not directly connected to the toe, but they all function in the same body for the same purpose, even though the toe well, muscle well, does not connect well, to the ear muscle. Well, um, uh, there's, there's, people have different ideas about how to organize and, and what mm -hmm. is efficient strategy. And, 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 um, um, I can't be a part of a strategy 
that I think is is taking us in a negative direction rather than a positive direction. But if what I know about, the group, I know what about, the group, if you allow me to finish. Charles, I trust your insight. What about if you're able to inform and educate and refine? I, I've tried that with Larry. That's what led me to start screaming at him was because he don't listen. Okay. All right. You know, and, and, and this is one of the big things that I like Hartford about, is Hartford will mm-hmm. ratchet up right on up next to that same threshold level where where people got to slow down and, and share the microphone and listen to the other side rather than just talking their own gobbledygook. I'm going to have to envision a system that allows... Process and, and it has to be based on logic and reason. And, and tradition, well-settled manners of, of deciding these kinds of issues. And when people make up new stuff out of Disneyland, just flying by the seat of their pants with 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 uh, Alice in Wonderland movies, uh, uh, I get questions. Did you did you get a chance to examine um, the website at all? I think I might have sent you a link. Uh, yeah, yeah, Larry's website, professional, very slick. Um, um, and, and, and we can try a conference with him again, but I'm not really optimistic that it's going to work out well. I'll give it my best shot, but I, I'm not going to stand there and listen to a guy preaching at me about stuff that I know that's all screwy. Well, I, I read a long time ago that, um, you know, it may rain on top of the mountain and the different various rivers may, may wind throughout the different portions of that mountain, but they all end up in the same ocean. Just something to think about. Well, well, there's two oceans that we can go towards. One is a righteous, pure, clear ocean with, with clear drinking water, and the other is, is, is an ocean full of pollution that, that is similar to the pit of hell. Well, I, I definitely trust your, your vision and insight, and I do believe you're probably a lot more academic than Larry. Um, and we certainly don't want to be able to set ourselves up for a booby trap in the future. So with that in mind, you know, I will certainly uh, you know, defer to your judgment on that. Uh, just, you know, we need to revisit it more cautiously and more carefully so that we can find out where there are parts that are good, like Bruce Lee is an expert in saying, and, and, take and what is useful I'd like to and discard the rest. There's, there's good energy here where, where maybe I am just being anal and paranoid, but, but you, you uh, I trust you, and, and you can go over there with Ari, uh, uh, Larry, and, and Rod Class, and, and uh, all kinds of no, I don't, I don't have, I don't have the grounding. Well. I don't have and, the grounding and, and that you do. And if you build a good community there, and, and you develop a consensus with them, then me and, and the other community that I'm working with can build a consensus with your community, and then we can move forward from a coalition of communities at a higher level in, in the peer network. Bruce Lee has a concept that says, once you find the remedy, you must move forward at the most critical velocity that can be sustained. The most critical velocity that can be sustained. I've always been awestruck by that phraseology. Well, well, uh, there is a time and a place to move forward. Sometimes it's not the immediate moment when you discover the remedy. Okay. Um, and, and, and I think you said earlier, we may only get one shot at this. Yeah, you're right. And the foundation has to be flawless. 
But yeah, sometimes well, it's a, there's, a, there's a learning curve, you know. Sometimes you, you learn the, the, the boxing techniques of your, of your foe only once you're in the ring. You can only academically study it so hard until you actually jump in the ring and start actually boxing. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's kind of a threshold thing, and, and especially newbies, they might not be ready to jump in the ring. They want to look at the books a little bit more, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. Brad, did you want to chime in, Brad? We don't want to leave you out there in the corner. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I have to get up in six hours to go to work, so I'm. I'm gonna most likely just uh, phase out here. And um, right, well, I'm glad night. you were able to make the meeting. I hope you got something from it that would bring you back. You know, I hope. I hope the nectar was sweet enough to come back for another taste. Oh, this guy. This guy, um, Hartford is. Um, I. This. This is very fruitful. Um, Brad, Brad, just just for one moment to consider that that guy is the author of Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars is absolutely yeah. awesome. Well, the other the other thing too I'm going to be looking at tomorrow is uh, the other book that he wrote with uh, um, how to create currencies for local communities, so and, and banks as well. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna pull that up, um, and I and uh, I like I like his. Uh, I, I, I think we're going to be able to tie his uh, his methodology into uh, getting getting the funds out of these CAFR accounts. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, With Brad, um, in parting, in parting, it's great to know that we're part of the energy it takes to serve each other. How do you like that? <laughs> yeah, it, it's, you know, I, I've always, I've always, you know, when when I first got introduced to this whole community. Um, the guy, I walked in and there was an older gentleman that told me, he said, if you're not going to, if if you don't want to take the time to learn this stuff, you might as well turn around and walk back out that door um, because it, it, it will it will eat you up. But once you're here and you know the truth, you, you can never unlearn the truth and it will just become part of your life. Um, and it has. Um, I just can't imagine people out there just, you know, sitting in front of the boob tube watching American Idol or Com whatever completely, they want. Completely blinded to the reality. Well, my okay. background is specifically going to be focused on selling the thing in the most massive uh, exponential way and figuring out how to take everybody's skills and talents and integrate them through a, a technological plexus or network that's in completely intuitive, scalable, and responsive uh, to everyone that participates. That's really the only angle that I, even though I'm familiar with all the surrounding concepts, my thing is how do you sell it and how does everybody get integrated? Those are the only two things that I need to focus in on from my perspective because without the massive expansion and the numbers and the people behind it, it's just a great story that not a lot of people know about and that's a big problem. Yeah, well, we're uh, we're off and running. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. You going to hang out a little bit, uh, Charles, or are you running out of wing too? Because I can go a little longer. I, I can go longer. I walk till rock till I drop. Um, <laughs> all right, all right, gentlemen. If I may. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, thank you. This is a quiet soul. I just wanted to. Um, say thank you for the invite um it's been oh my gosh 
probably almost a year and a half since I first heard Hartford, and I did not know that he was going to be on tonight, so that was kind of a a little bonus little treat. And uh, uh-huh. it's always a pleasure to hear him speak. He is so knowledgeable and... Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many O's are in the word boom, but <laughs> it just kind of went <laughs> off the exponentially. Um, the second comment that I wanted to make is um, I apologize for Vince's behavior. Um, he is not, in my opinion, from what I've seen, he's not normally like that. Um, and I, I, I have to agree with him in the sense that um, I was not aware that um, tonight's call was going to be um, a guest in like a, I guess, a traditional radio slash conference call, if you will. I was under the impression that this was a private call between Charles and uh, Vince and uh, a couple of those that uh, we refer to as the core group. So, Who's speaking and, and, and what's your association here? Because I'm still a little unfamiliar with the people involved here. Yeah, I am a quiet soul. I am one of the moderators um, on Discord for Vince's uh, group. Did you say Discord? Is, do you guys have a website? Because I like becoming familiar. I want to find where everybody has the ability to we, connect. And... Right. Um, we don't have a website as of yet. That's one of the things that um, is on our to-do list. Um, but, uh, no, Discord do you have a Facebook? Is... Do you have a Facebook presence? Or do you we have don't an anchor have on any Facebook? Of this. We, this, um, I just kind of joined the group of uh, I want to say probably three weeks ago, and um, I became interested with Vince uh, running for sheriff. And uh, I used to be a um, what do you want to call? What's the terminology? Um, an election judge for precincts, and so my I, I have a little bit of that uh, expertise, and it was just kind of funny how I joined um, working on the campaign with him. Are we so, going to be hearing more? Are we going to be hearing more from you uh, as time goes on? Are you going to be associating with us in, in, in some familiar integral capacity? Is that your interest? I'm interested in learning more about uh, common law. Um, I, I don't, I had, don't, I'm not, I guess I should say, I am not very familiar about these groups that you speak of, because uh, I hear like people talking about groups of 100. Well, well, well there's uh, two natures. There's two natures, a builder or a buyer. Either you're buying the wares or you're building the wares. So it sounds like at this point you're still buying. In other words, you're learning about the common law. You're learning about the ins and outs of the system. So you're, you're buying into the, uh, the intelligentsia or the intellectual property of the thing. But in terms of actually building, you're probably not in a building phase or building footing where you're going to be applying your time to helping us build the thing. Is that right? That would, probably out what be a fair, that would probably be a fair assessment. I'm just new to okay. this whole idea that 
there's a public and private only for about a year and a half. And um, my my process, I mean, everybody's got their own little philosophies, um, but I've authenticated my certificate of life birth, and hopefully okay. here in the next three months um, I was going to be uh, filing my state. UCC okay. um, for a secure party creditor. So this to, is to, all to be to be the status of a, of a state national is that it to to move along the path of a state national? Um, that's what would would probably be my goal. Um, right, okay. Would be to a um, a state national are you um, and driving are you without plates. Right. Are you affiliated with uh, any of these groups that are out there at this point, where you you use as the ability to gain information and insight? Because that's a very hard thing to do of your own accord, so you must be associating with other people. I've floated through several different groups. My brother-in-law, um, he introduced me to the group with um, um, ha- Justice Hamilton, Justice Miss Nikki, Bruce Doucette, um, a lot of is people that, in, that, the, in the... What's the name of that group? I don't know if they even have a <laughs> Oh, uh, just a casual, a casual association? This, they have like, um, uh, I don't know if it's, it might be weekly, it might be monthly, I'm not exactly sure. Do they have, do um, they have, a, do they have a presence anywhere online as well? Or is it just a, ro- a loose knit Facebook. of people, loosely knit? Okay, what's the um, Facebook, what's the Facebook uh, well, call some of these people that I I've spoken to, I'm friends with them on Facebook. Um, there's a lot of little different um, groups. Well, take down take that, down my information and and send me a okay. friend request on Facebook. All right. Okay. Abraham Abraham Duran, like Abraham Lincoln. A B R Ham. A B R H A M. Duran D U R A N. Okay. And um, I'm out of Las Vegas, and you'll notice me. Send me a friend request. Um, I'm a I'm a statue. My avatar is a, there's a lot of Abraham Durant. There's a statue uh, out of Las Vegas, and, and I'm holding a lion by the neck. Send me a friend request, and if you All want right, to, let me go to a, Facebook. a messenger. Let me go to Facebook right now while I got you on the mind, if you don't yeah. mind. No, I, I don't mind. I, I'm an open book. I have nothing to hide. And then you could just fire me off some things that you see are interesting, just send them to me, and you can look through my profile. It's just chock full of a whole lot of stuff. Are you friends with uh, L. Hotep? I can't, I can't even pronounce his name, but is oh, that yeah, you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been following that guy for a while. He's, he's got a lot of insight. Yeah, he does too. Yeah. So, I, I, um, I'm, a part of, I'm a part of 835 different groups on Facebook. So probably, I'm, I'm, oh, you're, you um, also uh, buddies or at least friends with uh, Tim Damron? I, I don't know all the names. I have well over 5,000 friends that come and go on a regular basis, so I don't oh. have no way of realizing these people. Okay, okay. I'm just looking um, at your friend list and uh, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. My connectivity there is exhaustive, but send me a send me a messenger. And it's from uh, New York. You're from New York, New York. 
Is that yeah, the one? Yeah, you know, born in Brooklyn, lived in Manhattan, that went you through the five boroughs. Lived yeah, in me. Las Vegas, Nevada, from New York, New York. That that's me. The statue, the statue with the lion being held in my arms by the neck. That's me. Okay. Yep. Then I just sent you a, a friend request. So I appreciate that. Okay, no problem. And we're, we, you, you know what? Any... And we're probably in some of the same groups. <laughs> just don't know you because there's you know people. Yeah. Some people post, some people don't. Would you like to read a Supreme Court decision on state national? I would uh, yeah, absolutely. To. I would love to hear that. It's um, it's called it's uh, Hooven, Allison versus Eliak. Hooven, Allison. Yeah, Hooven, Allison versus Eliak. Is that, Hooven, that the guy who runs that church? The guy who ran that church? No, that's that's a okay. Supreme Court decision. I don't I don't know who Eliak is. No. Can you spell that for me, please? Yeah, H O O V E N. Yeah, I've got I've got that. Allison A L L I S O N. Yeah, and L E L I A K. E. Hold on. E L. E-L-I-A-K. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's late, and, then, and I, my brain's like, what? <laughs> you can uh, you can also look up um, a website. It's called American Supreme Law. It's a guy by the name of Chris Gronsky. That's all he does is state citizenship. American Supreme Law? Yep. Okay. What's his name? What's his name? His name is Chris Gronsky. How do you spell that last name? G R O N S K I. Okay. You know, I was reading something a while back that the uh, Supreme Court, uh, somewhere along the lines, uh, also is a de facto entity, and it's hard to put any trust in them. They're all bought and sold. And even though they may be coming up with impressive decisions, uh, it's just really uh, the, the stuff that I've read about who these characters are, what they really represent. It's a little perturbing. Yeah. The whole system is perturbing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and, and, I think what, and I think it's really hard for people to take the red pill because they've got in their, their mind that, oh my God, it's a conspiracy theory and, and this is so over the top that I can't, I can't, I just can't, you know, and well, the it, responsibility and the step. obligation, once your eyes are open, the responsibility and the obligations are awesome. People don't want that responsibility. It's easier to function with blinders on because once you start to awaken, I mean, I'm at this, I'm at this, I'm not exaggerating, about 100 hours a week just trying to, 800-something groups on Facebook. I, can, I can't keep, I need 10 lifetimes just to keep up with the oh, stuff that's important to Oh, that's so true. So, so true. So, you know, my, my my eyes open, and then I just let it, wherever it directs me, I just let it all in, and I try to, you know, separate fact from fiction and understand, you know, you know fantasy from reality, and it can be very trying and very difficult with all these intelligence agencies, all the disinformation, all the false flags. I mean, this thing is like a full-time job. Who the devil would want this? It has to be a, a higher calling, because nobody in their right mind would want to do what we're doing. Right. Right. I mean, and it's hard to undo all these years of education that it was all worthless. 
yes, th- th- there has to be a, co- a coalescence where and why. It's sort of like, you know, you saw the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind. They were all drawn to that devil's mountain. They couldn't understand why, but they were all drawn. And only a few people out of all the masses uh, of that part of the country were drawn to, if you, if you remember the movie. Sometimes movies they really try to give you an accent of reality. All of us are drawn to trying to understand these things, and I believe very soon uh, the synchronicity is going to occur, and then we're going to realize what was the purpose of each one of us learning our specific aspect of this puzzle, puzzle, which is why my my force of fortitude is hell-bent on helping to design with a couple of Internet engineers a system that is so scalable and so flexible that each person can connect with what they know and have the appropriate measure to feed out the knowledge without overwhelming them and they can rise through this plexus of information until they can reach the level where they, they feel like they're, they're, they're pr- properly tuned and balanced to integrate with what everybody else is doing in their, in their realm or sphere of influence and then harness that energy and then redirect it out for magnification and expansion. And that's how this thing is supposed to work according to the eternal principles of expansion. Mhm. Mhm. That was very well said, by the way. That's 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 where my that's where my fulcrum is at. That's where my pivot points are at. The other stuff in law is just stuff stuff I have to just kind of kind of grapple with because I'm not based like Charles. I'm not based in law or Larry. I'm not based in law. I come from you know sales and marketing and how to take your product that you're so finely aware of that product that you can present that product with the best pitch so that even somebody who's hell-bent on ignoring you will buy from you. So I'm just trying to bring that experience into this realm because the product we have to sell is survival. Right. <laughs> and, and that's true. And see, and I come from, you know, a holistic uh, side of things. Um you know, essential oils and crystals and, and that kind of sort of thing. So this is all. all. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but you have to you have to you have to know something about the garden. You may not specialize in the garden. Maybe you just want to specialize in the apple tree, but you still got to understand the, the gardening that helps that apple tree develop. So I've had to learn a lot about this crazy garden that we're all stuck in. Hello. Yes. So uh, where are you out of? Yes, we're here. Okay, because it just went silent all of a sudden. Oh, okay. The NSA up to the dirty tricks again? (laughs) (laughs) Then they should have blocked out the whole call. (laughs) Well, hopefully, hopefully they'll realize that they're on the wrong side and jump ship and come on this side and help us out. Yeah, Yeah, and Brad, can you... Uh, tell me that um, that Chris spell his last name again for me, please. G R O N S K I. S K I N. It's American Supreme Law State dot com. No, it's just American Supreme Law dot com. Oh, okay. That's probably why I can't find it. So who who was this um, who was this uh, fellow Vince Edwards? You said something in in his capacity that uh, what, were you and him the two that were stumbling over each other? Was that the two of you going at it? No, no. The the people that were stumbling over was um, another uh, young lady that was on 
the call wanting to ask Hartford a question and um Okay, but it wasn't but it wasn't you. So who who oh, is no, this no, no, Vince, no. who is this Vince Edwards? Who is he? What what is his capacity? Okay, Vince uh Vincent Edward DeLuca is running for sheriff of Costilla County, Colorado. And Colorado. That was a right. very abrasive attitude. I, I can't imagine a, a, a genuine public official, uh, you know, with those kind of man, mannerisms, uh, actually uh, functioning in an abrasive capacity like that. Uh, it was very, it was very, I was awestruck that he was on this particular type of form, uh, almost, you know, something like was going on in like a kindergarten class, and you took my rabbit and don't pull my rabbit's ears, and I was very puzzled by that. And this guy's trying to run in a public capacity? That, yeah, I it took me aback too because um, I was trying to reach him to remind him of this call. Because he doesn't I know figured, who's on the line and who's paying attention. Uh, if I was Hartford, I would have just unplugged him and sent him on his way. I wouldn't have bothered with it for one minute, and then he could come back I, later on. Right, I and I think. With uh, I think Hartford is probably going to be giving him a phone call and giving him uh, a little piece of advice. Um, I've yeah, seen this happen see, several times with other people. It's that cocky nature. What's going on with this guy? You said he wants to become a sheriff? Oh, my God. He wants to become a constitutional sheriff. Okay, let me kind of fill in the back background. Here's the situation. The county in which he lives in, um, is basically run and owned by five major families. And okay. as a result, um, see, there's, you know, acres and acres of beautiful country. I mean, there's virgin land out there, and it goes for cheap. I mean, he he got 20 acres for about $2,300, where oh you can't God. buy – you can't buy that anywhere. And this is, okay? wait, wait, this is in Colorado. Yeah. Now he now hear me out. So what okay. happened is so he's got this virgin land, and what's happening is a lot of people are moving out there because the land is cheap and they want to live off grid. Well, the money, the county is not getting their coffers filled because people are not. Um, Signing up for um, services like electric, sewer, right, right. Gas, all, all that stuff is extrapolated. It's, it's all extrapolated into tre- tremendous revenue generation. I'm familiar with that. Right, right. So what what has ha- what has happened is the code enforcers and the local government and the attorneys and the judges and the contractors they banded they've together, all, circled the wagons, and they're coming. They're coming after it. They're coming after people, and so right now. Um, they've made some laws like in order for you to build a structure on your virgin land, you've got to put in a sewer system, and it costs over $20,000, and you have to use their Okay, so they're, they're, they're killing him with regulation. You've got to get the terminology yeah, quickly. So, so, so they're regulating him out of business. They're regulating him to death. That's what they do. That's well, a tactic. Go ahead. It is a tactic, but the the biggest problem is they've done it to over 800 families, and now those 800 families are now in homeless shelters because they don't have the resources and the knowledge of common law to try to fight back. So what they've done 
okay. is they've they've placed a lot that he has currently three felony court cases because they they see him as a threat because he's a right he's going to be a write in and um, they don't want him being sheriff so they've come up with these bogus charges like for instance this late latest one um, was. Um, jury tampering. You know, I, I said that I was involved in trying to okay. um, call call the constituents to try to explain what his um, right. his you're position trying to, you're trying is to on fight, You're trying to fight the disinformation, right? And so they charged him with jury tampering, and it's like, excuse me, um, because they're, they're suggesting there is that no you're jury. contaminating. Hold on. They're suggesting that you're contaminating the pool of people from which the jury will be selected. Well, because two two of the three cases right now are jury trials, so they're trying to say that you know with these phone calls we're tampering the jury. Well, they haven't even been impaneled yet, so right. So they're figuring that you're contaminating the jury pool mm-hmm. by uh, okay. I see that. Well, that's a big stretch. Okay, that's so it is a big. Yeah, it's a big stretch, and and what had happened is um, the so the DA explanation had, the explanation for hold on the explanation for uh, Vince Edwards there it sounds like battle fatigue. He's got battle it, fatigue. It, well, and here's the bigger thing is that um, the the arrest warrant that he's that they've placed on him and these three court cases are not under his legal name. His legal name is Vincent Edward DeLuca. And they've and see he's got a YouTube channel under Vince Edwards, and so they've created they 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 think that Vince Edwards is the entity that they want to go after, and so okay, now hold his, on hold on hold on slow, slow down. You said he's got a YouTube channel. I'm not you remember my whole purpose is to try to integrate everybody into everything. So this Vince Edwards YouTube channel does it explain the the the, the, the disconnect? Does it explain these issues? Oh yeah, I mean this goes back to two years. I mean he's got. Um, how, how would I know that I got the right Vince Edwards? What what is it about the channel that would clue me in that I got the right channel? Because it could be a lot of Vince Edwards. Right. Um, let me head over there real quick. And, and, and what state are you at? Are you in Colorado as well? I'm on the I'm on the land in Missouri. Mm-hmm. Okay, in, uh, in Missouri. Okay, so so you don't have direct uh, contact or connection with this. You're you're. This is mostly vir- virtual or remote for you. I'm. In other I'm words, remote. You're not affected by it directly. Um. Like you don't have property at stake here. No, I don't. I I don't have uh, property at stake. No, if you went to his channel, um, in his little circle picture, it's. Uh, dark in the background. It's a guy, and then if you have to go to like his home channel, there's like open land with a road down the middle with uh, lightning uh, strikes. Okay, Charles, are you still on the line? Yes, I think he dealt. Okay, Charles. No, I'm here now. Now, as as a case example, this is why I wanted to dig in to find out what the issue was. As a case example, where where it certainly looks like certainly abuse of power, and they're trying to 
the state is trying to uh, utilize its entities uh, like the old boys club and because the people mm-hmm. are not organized and they don't have a proper uh, redress because the system is all in favor of the agents right this is a classic example where you could send a detachment of constitutional law enforcement officers with the proper authority you could send in like a hundred of them you know and, and we could organize that very quickly and once we have a couple of these successes under our belt where we can come in there boot these little devils out very quickly and then leave it as a reminder to the other people throughout the nation that are attempting these similar kinds of of hostile takeovers of of property of wealth uh, of position of status and it strengthens the state and reduces the people which is the common theme they need to relegate the people so they have no fortitude left to fight back and without the people having their own their own law enforcement their own patriot police and the correct legal which is where you would come in there uh, lawful uh charles to figure out where the standing for this detachment can be released in order to go ahead and combat this kind of a problem. And, and, and according to what Harford Van Dyke says, you bring these people up on charges and all you're doing is regenerating hundreds of millions of dollars worth of criminal conduct that gets turned into financing the people. Am I understanding this incorrectly? Uh, See, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't catch it all, but you were sounding pretty close to the mark there, Abraham. Right, that's, that's kind of what, what, I, what I thought. But this is really, I mean, this goes deeper before I even join um, this, This uh, I don't know if you well, want to call it organization. What's, what's, your, what's your name? What's your name there? And you, you said you're out of Missouri. What's your name? Um, I, just give me a first name. What do I call you? Jan, Joe, Jane, what? <laughs> um, I go by a quiet soul, but... Um, you, okay, you can QS, call me Christy. QS, right, so, okay, Christy. Okay. You can call me um, Christy. That's fine. Okay, so so would would so you here's the thing that, that you have to understand. Then what you okay, just let me just is dead. Um, I just want to kind of throw this little anecdotal um, comment in there. I'm sorry for interrupting you. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. Vince Vince had three court uh, appearances today, and he just. They just um, released him from um, prison the night before last, so Monday night. Um, I think we lost Brad. <laughs> I'm here. Is that somebody? Is that somebody snoring? <laughs> I'm not yeah, he... just like Brad. No, that's not me. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think that's a state agent. That's what it is. That's controlled opposition. That's what uh, that it is. might be Georgia. We've got Paul Nally, maybe Georgia. <laughs> okay, so he just so, got out of jail. He just so got out of jail. He just Go got ahead. out of jail, and, um, and the day that he got released, um, he had a guard that was trying to um, assault him. He ended up uh, getting in a fight with a fellow inmate, and here's the other problem with the jail. The jail is only built for 14 people, and they had 28 people in there. And so you've got a combination of all of these things that are swirling around. And he, and, and really what Vince wants, his goal, what he really wants to do is he, he's trying to build this Patriot Cyber Squad, and uh, he wants people 
to come together. In, you know, he wants to build these uh, squads, like in all all the various states, so that okay, that, that's exactly people, what I was just referring to. Right, and so when people um, are in trouble, patriots are in trouble. That um, you know, go to their court here and be support with them, help them. You know, get out of jail through whatever administrative you know, paperwork or whatever okay. we can do to so help his, them. His use, oh, th- that's absolutely perfect. That's the way this thing is supposed to develop. That's what we're yes. trying to build here because I'm afraid that you know, any one of us can get pinched. I can get pinched. And I want to make sure I help establish the network that's going to get me out if I get pinched or you or anybody else. We, well, have, to, we have to establish kind of, that network. Yeah, I'm kind of on that little pinch border uh, right now because what has happened is uh, over uh, two weeks ago, one of the, the DA's investigator infiltrated Discord and start taking names. And the way we they found doing, out, they were doing, recon- they were doing out, reconnaissance. They were doing reconnaissance. They were doing reconnaissance. And the way we found this out is that who got named and everything because we were those people were all listed in his uh, last warrant for his arrest for jury tampering. So, wow, this guy Vince. This guy Vince is in over his head, isn't he? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've given him some. Um, I've hooked him up with some good uh, common law people that have um, given him some really good solid remedies, and I've added some, a couple aces in the hole um, upon my you, research. You could, have, you could have a perfect presentation. But when you're dealing in the, the world of the corrupt, a perfect presentation is going to get you perfectly in the slammer because you're dealing with people that have no accountability. But these cyber squads he's talking about putting together sounds right along the alley of what Larry is trying to put together. And um, Larry's, got, he's got, Larry's got some, uh, he's got some heavy, uh, he's got some heavy hit behind him. Uh, right. I, I've seen it working. Yeah. So, I mean, I, 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 I'm embarrassed not only for myself and for um, William, but I'm also embarrassed for. Um, did ben you say embarrassed? Did you say embarrassed? I I did. Okay, go ahead. You know because because of the, of the way that he came into the the meeting, this is not normal. Well, he, you, know. He, you know, that happens when you're under the gun and you're under pressure, you lose perspective, and you just kind of like the Tasmanian devil, and you just kind of throw things around. Um, but but definitely, you know, you, you get more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. And I don't I know, know that you've ever heard that phrase. I I think he has. It, um, it's just a, it's a situational thing. And, you know, being out of jail because here's the other thing is that he, he they um they arrested Does, what him. about what about all those people all those people that were dispossessed haven't they banded together to form any kind of coalition well see here's what let me kind of back up in the story a little bit so he was arrested last thursday and um th- we were trying to get um money on his on his uh, call list so that he could reach out and they were denying his right to call to people on the outside and and so this has kind of been another um 
issue with Wait a him. And what, about, what about all those families that you said were dispossessed off of their land? They have not banded together? Nobody has corralled their interest to, to, to what, circle the wagons and harness their, harness their resident energy? They're scared. They're scared to death because yeah. of, the th- of the fact that... They can get um, you picked know, off you, one at a time. They can well, get picked off one at a time. Well, here's what happened. You know, he went to court today, and he's got. I'm going by what he says, and I don't know how this can be legally possible. But he's saying that um, the DA that's assigned to his case, um, her husband was in court today, and I don't know if they were working together on his case or if he was just physically sitting there supporting his wife against Vince's case. I'm not quite sure the details because I was not physically there. I'm just going by what he was saying. So this, they're very, very tight knit, and and you know you also what, what got county, what county? What county is this again? The exact city and county? This is in Castile County. C a s t i l e. It's it's um, it's C as in cat. O is an oyster, S is in Sam, T is in Tom, I is in Indigo, L as in Lima, L is in Lima, A is in Apple, Castilla County, Colorado. The courthouse is San Luis, L U I S, um, Colorado. L U I S. And here's the problem is that there's other um, uh, common law folk. Um, that were in prison with them and see they're trying they want to silence the common law because they know um we there there's power in numbers but then there's also the issue that the judge in his case is um uh trying to make a bid for the colorado supreme court so between the DA trying to make a na- name for herself and the judge they're going to make a huge example out of it Amazing. Charles, okay, Charles, you've heard this just as I've heard it, Charles. You still there? You paying attention, Charles? Yes, sir. Is okay, there a now, way this we is can probably... disconnect this person and, <laughs> and let them sleep? Charles, Charles. Not me, right? Charles, this is indicative. <laughs> Of what's going on around the entire nation. This is what's indicative. Yeah, it is. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and it's going like to accelerate. Vince has got his own ideas about ways to organize, and so does Hartford. And a lot of us have different ways to organize. But we're trying to address the same problem. Yes. And 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 so if our hearts are all good, and that's a key issue, but we presume that everybody's hearts are good, we should be able to build consensus about a common strategy for us all being on the same page and working together to 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 take our nation back. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I would, Charles. I would imagine that that your your system of distribution throughout the U.S. Uh, should be nimble enough that it would be responsive to the needs of the people in that district that would become familiar with where the where the arena is to begin to get acclimated to what they're up against. And then it should trigger. You should have triggers throughout the entire country where people can come across um, 
other people who have bound together to address these kinds of issues and have the archives like you do um, to be able to expedite swiftly and quickly to get these bullies, because that's what they are, they're just bullies, right? Sometimes just a, a quick rabbit punch in the nose is all it takes for a bully to go away crying. In this case, it's a lawful rabbit punch. And, and if they know that there's a penalty behind their, their, their corrupt actions and that they could be rooted out and there's a force that the people can have command of, sort of like Washington's, you know, cyber group, you know, Washington's troops, um, be able to come after these people just like they were redcoats and traitors and they're made visible by that and you get publicity and you have a way to splash themselves on the news because we have our own underground news that has, you know, the main mainstream media is losing viewership by the millions. Uh, yeah. This is Allie. And uh, oh. I, I have to say uh, good night. Uh, but uh, Charles, uh, I wanted to let you know that uh, Finally, hearing Arthur on uh, your uh, program this evening was like a god wink for me, so thank you. All right. I, small correction there, Sister Allie. Um, uh, his full name is Hartford. I mean Hartford. I, I yeah, meant yeah, Hartford. Hartford <laughs> I meant Hartford. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed him. You got uh, a number of us. I think Abraham and Quiet Soul here. Um, uh, I did. Uh, this was Yes, yes, he validated me, he gave me new information, and uh, uh, all is good, and I just am uh, joyous in seeing the, the coming together of Hartford, uh, CAFR, uh, what we're doing in Beacon 37, that, you know, we're, we're all on the right path, and, um, you know, my path is I'm now being led by God to um, expose those who are disrespecting his creation. Yeah, absolutely. Sustain all living things. Recycling their you, air, our you. water, our food, our energy. It's, uh, it's really sad, but I, I think what's really good is all of us people who are uh, have our eyes wide open and are doing something about it. And when the people, uh, coming together when the and getting back, inspired can... and enriched by it. When the people yeah, get it back, we, we can never lose it again. We can never lose this again. No, and thank you for all you do. I mean, I I think the bigger picture, and like what Abraham was saying, is that we all have the same goal. We just need to figure out how we can mesh all of it together. Because, you know, one of the things I was saying to a, a colleague about Hartford, I mean, this man is brilliant i mean he he is so well versed and the way that he so beautifully and so eloquently takes all these different points and pieces of this monster and just makes it into the most beautiful creation just it blows you away. A lifetime, a lifetime of work. That's what that is. A well, lifetime yes. of work. I'm sorry, but I have something else that is waiting my attention right now. So I have to say good night and may well, God bless you all. Join us again soon. Be well. And may you all be safe and well and have a protective shield above you, below you, and all around you. Absolutely. Good night. Very join good. Join Thank us you again. so much. Good night. Good night. I'm, I'm signing off as well, guys. Good, Good night, Brad. Brad. Nice to Brad? meet you. Okay, Brad, we'll catch up with you again shortly, Brad. Okay, very good. Uh, Good night. All right, Missouri. <laughs> All right, I think <laughs> we'll call it a call it a day and uh, and say cheers and and um. And like Charles, I said, I'll catch up with you tomorrow. 
Yeah. So Missouri, yes. I'm glad you brought that story to the forefront. Um, that, that those are the kind of like test projects, you know, the prototypical projects that we would have to take on. Sort of like, you know, a bodybuilder lifts the weights to develop the strength to get into battle. When you find mm-hmm. these issues that are going around where we can, you know, like a pressure point, we can apply pressure to that particular point, and that's how your strategy is developed. That's where you test your systems of strength. That's how, you, that's how you're able to, to realize whether or not you're formidable to go up against this type of a system. And you could choose these battles widely, and it tests your network. It tests your skills. It tests your nimbleness. And that's where I want to focus my strategies on. How can we all function like one orchestrated instrument and bring that pressure to bear where it's necessary, only just for a moment. Sort of like a tornado, it's a finger of God, where you just touch down that tornado right there and you do it in, in a lawful manner that these people understand, but they realize the force of an F, what do you call it, an F5 tornado just landed and descended in their courthouse and they will never dream of uh, revisiting an issue like that again. But that takes that takes godly coordination, and that takes a tremendous amount of insight. And I'm trying it, to locate the uh, people. I'm trying to locate I mean, the here, people that put this together. Because, like, here, I, live, I just moved to um, the... Well, we did. My husband and I moved to this village of um, about 100 people, and the ordinances that they have here are i mean they're mind blowing and i'm thinking what is wrong with you people and and i and like either i think it was last month i said why do we have to have these ordinances i said there's more ordinances than there are inhabitants in here i said we are all godly people we were taught what was right and wrong and but, but it's a simple equation, Missouri. It's a simple equation. It's consolidate, confound, confuse, and keep control. Divide and conquer. It's three families. Here. Three families are controlling this small little village. It sucks. Oh. And I'm and I'm here, you know, like a bull in a china closet, trying to say, hey, you're not going to suppress just, me like everybody else. Just be very, be very careful with that approach because sometimes I know. you don't want to go at the bull head on because it's a big animal. Those horns are very strong, and it's got its <laughs> strokes down. It's got its strokes down very well, and you don't want to be intimidated. You don't want to be fearful. But sometimes, you know, contemplation over competition could be the measure of the day. You know, better. I know, more but stealth. you know. The, the the issue with is is I'm a Sagittarius I'm an archer so I I'm a fire sign so I have my art my bows and arrows and it's like pew pew. <laughs> well, be careful. That's not be careful. That's not the uh, what they print onto your tombstone. Be careful with that. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you, you know you want to choose your battles very carefully. I'm and, uh, learning. Wanna, I'm learning. Yeah, and you want to and you want to know your enemy better than he knows himself. Well, that is the the, the other piece of it. And you know we have our uh, April board meeting uh, tomorrow, and a lot of things that I've uncovered um, are going to be coming up to light. Um, not by my. Um, Exposure. I just provided the board member with the information, and so we'll see what happens. 
<laughs> you're familiar with, with you, all the agenda, agenda twenty one, agenda twenty thirty. You, you've you've seen a lot of that stuff. Um, my spouse is a former military, so is, is that, he is well versed mm-hmm. on all of that. Uh, agenda twenty one and agenda twenty thirty. Those are very in depth, very detailed movements that are functioning through society right now. All right, yes. pretty good. I'm sure. Um, let, let's pick this up another time because I want to be able to have a couple of quick words with Charles um, before he. Turns That's fine. In, I, I, I got a few more minutes left here in my eyes. Sure. I just appreciate the opportunity. It was nice to meet all of you, and um, hopefully, we'll be able to meet again on. Um, uh, in a better atmosphere and on more common ground. Well, you know, Missouri, you sound you sound like a builder to me. You don't sound so much like a buyer. You sound a lot like a builder. So don't discredit yourself. <laughs> You're a builder. I appreciate the vote of confidence. Hopefully we'll get a chance to chat here soon. But good night. Okay. Thank you, Charles. And Abraham, I'll let you uh, converse in private. All right. All right. Good night. See you. So, Charles. Yes. Now, that example that she has just given about uh, that community which is being bullied by a couple of people, have you had to address that any time before in the history, in the, in the heart, uh, historical context of how you've been functioning with this thing that you're working with, the Natural Law Church? Sure. Uh, if local de facto bullying people is, is a routine problem. We run across it all. And, you know, it continues to occur because for some reason, and from what a little bit I understand, or for some reason, you know, you beat them here in that corridor, but they, they do it in all the other corridors because it seems like when you beat them one time and they have all these rules about keeping their court cases without audio, without video, because they want to do everything in dark, hidden places, right? But you would think once you have a victory that's um, that's merit, that has merit to it, shouldn't that serve, you know, just like when, when law uh, resides on, uh, on precedence and prior judgment, how case law has a case history and a track history of having decisions that have been made, and I know there's some elusiveness about that, but once you beat them somewhere, doesn't that mean that any of those elements that should ever come up again must cease and desist nationwide, otherwise they'll go through the exact knee-jerk reaction of getting beat again, shouldn't that be the accountability that's necessary in the system for the people to not have to keep revisiting the exact same issue continuously and endlessly? Right. That's common law precedent. But um, the problem is we've got corrupted judicial officers that that, that twist those rules to their self-serving purposes. But can't we have can't we have an organization that has just as much merit, just as much authority and accountability that's in the hands of the people, rather than having to continually go back to the corrupt system in order to find remedy within the corruption? That's impossible. Right, right. And what you're looking at there is the difference between the Roman Empire model of government under civil municipal jurisdiction versus the common law model of government. That, that is much more grassroots through the townships and the precincts and everything. Well, how long have the people been at this fight, Charles? This chick could not well, have a long time, but, but It's like people like Hartford. You know, it's very rare that we get people with insight that can decode the combination to the lock to bring the liberty to the people. Well, it seems a pretty simple combination. Uh, these people in power have co-opted the system of government that's supposed to be of, by, and for the people, 
and it, they have incorporated the whole damn thing. Right, and as long as um, 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 we don't have an alternative system of government in place, and we continue to try to re-engineer the Roman Empire. Model, oh, okay. Better, better the devil, better the devil that we know than the devil that we don't know. Is that it? Well, maybe I was. Um, uh, some of us know a way out of. The, the the environment. See, we're the, the Roman Empire model of government that were created by the state and national constitution documents. Those 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 create breeding grounds for the very type of infection that is 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 pillaging and plundering our common people here. Um, and, and the only way that you can break out of that is by by or at least. The, the the cosmic metaphysical model for breaking out of it is to embrace the singular other governmental model that has stood in opposition to the Roman Empire, and that is the common law Israelite Torah law model of government that that I'm advocating. And 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 the bottom line. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I said I, I'm not grounded in the law thing. My background is mostly, you know, intuitive understanding of what the product is and then how to move that product and set up a system of managerial protocol so that that product will move through a system of distribution with the least amount of drag and the highest level of efficiency. My, my sales and marketing background is what I'm going to call on so that once I figure out where these points of connections are and what the nature of the product is and how the product is supposed to be served, then the method of distribution would ignite it immediately and move it through at light speed. But my question to you is this, the entire bottom line of all this corruption really single purposely is designed to just steal the labor from the people, is that it? Pretty much, that's the Roman Empire model of government. It's built on the slave trade. And that's, and that's what we're all up against. The labor of the people needs from one class, I think in the Roman model they called them the plebs. The plebs, is that right? Uh, that sounds right, yeah. Yeah, and and so the plebs were always going to be taxed to death so that, so that the people in government, the self-serving, would have the systems of control. And for this, really, the, no matter you sm blow out all the smoke and mirrors, it's all about stealing the labor so people can dictate and other people have to go ahead and perform. And then they yeah. figure out, because the money system is all about stealing labor off of the money system. The judicial system is about controlling stealing labor, but the, all the controls are for stealing the labor by way of the money. And you keep the people without understanding how these protocols and processes have them restrained because this shit goes back thousands of years because this has been the scan since the beginning of time. How do you get somebody else to pick your food? Well, yeah, there are. that's the nature of the parasite class. It, it, I find it helpful to think in terms of organic law and they're under parasites are a problem for, for these that want to be healthy organisms. Um, Charles, have you ever heard of, of this uh, bacterial, I think it's bacterial, it could be viral, it's a bacterial infection and it's a parasitic organism and the name of the organism is Toxoplasma gandhi and the condition is Toxoplasmosis. Have you ever come across that in your readings? Uh, 
maybe, but I don't recall it. It was a very fascinating, very fascinating, uh, extremely awesome and illuminating kind of a uh, issue. It, it confounds uh, the most premier uh, bioengineers to understand how this particular virus uh, or, or this parasitic infection, how it's able, the mechanism that it employs. Um, and, and a lot of people from the readings that I have done uh, seem to suggest that humanity is infected with some sort of a, a bacterial a parasitic infection that um, is permeating, and they, they've done tests, they've done cross samples of this particular virus called uh, toxoplasmosis is the condition. They say upwards of about 70, 70% of the entire world could be affected with this, infected with this particular virus. And you know, in Egyptian days, right, the cats were referred to as gods, right? And all the pharaohs had their cats, and you see the hieroglyphics, there's cats everywhere, right? They got these images of Infection. It, you there? Oh, I'm sorry, I hit the wrong button. I was trying to catch that snorer there. Charles, you got to get rid of that snorer. I mean, it's yeah, sickening already. Yeah, Matt, I'd like you to meet Abraham. Abraham. Abraham, like good to meet you. Go closer. Yeah. Abraham, what are you on? Are you on the board? Uh, yeah, I, I'm a Deacon 37 uh, out of uh, out of uh, Nevada. He's not on the talk show board, Matt. He's not on the board. Well, I'm I'm on his pro se winners. Mute everybody else, and you'll get rid of the damn snorer because they're not talking anyway. Well, I'm having a little electric shock. I think I got. Um, I think it's George in there. I just heard it again. Did you? Yeah, there. He's still there. Get rid of. Just start going through there and get rid of him. How many people do we have on this line at this time? There's about a dozen on there. It oh, could so be a on a people... somebody on a computer. Just like I said, mute everybody. Nobody else is talking. Okay. Otherwise, we're going to have to keep listening to that shit, and that's just that's as bad as that Vincent guy barging in and starting that, that to... That guy is unbelievable. It was just unbelievable. Yeah. yeah Harford, is way, are... Harford is way too nice, and I'd like to be right. a henchman and just chop these people up to come in and try to get a abrasive and, and, and all hostile and shit. It's just ridiculous. Well, you got to look at it from this point. I don't know how long you've been doing this stuff, but I've been doing this stuff for a long time, like decades. And I can tell amateurs 10 seconds away, and that guy's a rank amateur. And he's not going to yeah. do anything, but he's, he's too egotistical, and I can tell that right away. Well, from what and, the girl was saying, from what the girl was saying, the guy is establishing a hell of a noose for himself. Yeah. Right? From what the girl was saying, the guy's like in serious jeopardy and my guess is he's gonna lose his freedom. They're gonna they're gonna make him so that he never was born. because uh, he's going against the up against the establishment. He doesn't even have the manners on how to cooperate with people who might hold the secrets to his freedom. Right, that's just it. I mean it's like uh, exactly. You see I couldn't have said it better. Yeah. So, so who are you again? Because it seems like people kind of stay stealthy and then they perk up at some point, and I'm not certain who the audience is here. Um, what state are you in? Or, I'm like, in Michigan. Like, Michigan. Yeah, and you said Michigan. something about a board. When you said board, you mean this telephone board that we're on right now? Yeah, there's a, there's a telephone board that we're on, and it's like I can see who's on, and there's some people on on the phone, just on the phone, 
and there's some people just on the computer. Now, I, I, I was on, I'm still on the computer as a guest. I've been on it for a long time. I usually just come in here and chat, but then right. I, there's usually several, you know, two or three things might might cause me to hop in. And when he was, when that Vince guy was on before, I was in the middle of doing some some work, so I didn't uh, didn't want to break from that. But if I hadn't have been on, I hop right in and told him, look, either you shut your mouth right now, or I'm going to find out where you live and shut it for you. Because that's, <laughs> that's exactly really, how I when, felt about it. When, when, um, when, I'm at, I'm at the point, okay. I'm going to be 60 years old this December. I'm at the fuck you stage, not the Dale Carnegie stage. And this crap exactly. about how we're going to get more flies with honey. Fuck, I don't want flies. Yeah, right. Who the hell wants flies? I don't want them. <laughs> um, so you got to go ahead and uh, when you, you have to always be on the offensive and you have to realize that the people in government are, it's like even though they speak English, that's the only thing we have in common with them. Or otherwise, they're on a completely different wavelength. They they serve a completely different master. Mm-hmm. And when you try to go ahead and appease them, they just laugh. They 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 try not to laugh to your face, but they will behind your back. And that goes for the had, establishment I, too. Yeah, I had an issue with zoning, and then and then you know they thought they got me to acquiesce, mm-hmm. and then I I kind of heard the snickering in the background, like yeah, we get them all eventually. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe that he acted like it was an us against them. I just saw that as so revealing, so very revealing. It is. So, it so is. Uh, you said it was. What did you say your, your first name was? I'm bad with names. It takes me a while Matt. to get them. M A T T. Oh yeah, Matt. Matt. So, 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 Matt. Um, you, you say you've been at this for a while. Um, and you've heard you've heard some of what's going on back and forth here, and, and you're familiar with Charles and with what he does and, and and what his what his intention and movement is trying to move in what direction. You're familiar with that? Oh yeah, yeah, quite familiar with it. Oh okay, okay. And 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 what about the, what about? Are you familiar at all with Larry in New Mexico and Albuquerque? You're not familiar with Larry, are you? No. Larry's no, no, organization. No. Okay. Um, what about Beacon Thirty Seven? Are you familiar with them at all and what they're trying to do? Yeah, I'll tell you, I've heard for the last two or three decades what all these people are trying to do. And then when I hear you ask them for success stories, the line's dead. Nobody says anything. It's like, uh, you can't, it's one thing that I appreciate people could keep trying, but somewhere along the line, if you're not having a success, you got to try something else to see where you're going to get it. And, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, definitely. Some things can okay. be done with like individuals. I've done things just by myself that people don't even know about that have been successful. Then I've done things with small groups of people and things with larger groups of people. And uh, I'd like to see something like a a recall committee to where when one of these like one of these monsters starts giving you trouble with zoning, it's like okay, well I think we'll recall the uh, we'll recall some of the commission members. And back in God, this was 1991. I was uh, I had a group of people. We had seven people on the city commission, and I wanted to get rid of them. They had, they had four people come up that year because it was the the board seats. You got to start muting these people, Charles. I don't need to hear this fucking snore. Right, get right, right. Get rid of Virginia. Get rid of Illinois. Oh, well, uh, you know what? I think that that could be Frank. 
Are, are you and Frank tapped into the same line here, Abraham? Yes, yes. I couldn't. I couldn't dial okay, in directly. Okay, well, that's so I've muted everybody, um, Matt, um, uh, and and I knew it wasn't anybody else out here because it was coming through. So uh, Abraham cured the problem, but we got to do something with with Frank. Well, how do I? How do I? How do we establish? How do we establish this line again? Because I don't have the correct code. Do you have a better code that I can get in? Pencil, and I'll write it down for you, and you can call right back in here. Yeah, I would like oh, to do that because this fellow that just perked up, he's got my interest peaked. Yeah, 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 Matt's great. Um, uh, 724-444-7444. Well, what's the last part? You go too fast there. My hand can't go as fast as you're thinking. Sure, sure. 724-444-7444. Seven four four four. And what's the what's the code? The code is one zero nine two nine pound. That's what I, that's what I tried, and it kept knocking me off. But I'll try it again right now. Bye. Okay. Bye. Um. So he was he was on a he was on a double. Okay. I I muted East Virginia. That was the one that um, Abraham was was piggybacked on, and uh, Abraham could be calling here any moment, Matt. Okay. All right, because that's like, I mean, you you, know, you normally keep pretty good control of the call, but when that Vincent guy came on, it's like, and then that broad that was yapping before, I, I got on right at the beginning, and then all of a sudden I hear this broad coming on yapping about something, and I thought, what the hell has this got to do with what we're talking about? And then Hartford came on, and I thought, once he starts talking, I mean, you, you, the guy's a senior guy in this stuff. He's, he's really, really brilliant. He's beyond brilliant. You give him the floor. You don't want some some idiot coming in there, interrupting and ranting and raving about something that uh, you know some woman wasn't treated right, and she's got to be apologized to. And it's like, no, they both those two need to go fuck themselves in their in their trailer. I mean, they're trailer trash. Just I can tell that by listening to both of them. I mean, I don't like I said it uh, when I was in the, when I first started in this stuff. And there were senior people around that knew what they were doing. I shut my mouth and listened. Well, now all of a sudden, I'm in that senior role. And yeah. I'm not going to put up with shit like that. So, right on. Uh, you know, that with you, you man. Know, point blank. And it's like any more that we're going to put up with that idiot Donaldson, who still doesn't get it. He comes yeah. in with, a, you know, that guy, thank God, that you're, you're able to keep him off of here. And well, I think he's born you right in the background there. I could unmute him if you want to. No, 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 thank you. But the other guy, the only other guy on this call tonight that needed to go was Lawfan. He, he did say one thing that made sense, but the rest of it, I've, I've heard his voice before, and he's another moron. So he's not adding anything to it. And it's like, uh, but yeah, I hope uh, Abraham's able to call back in uh, soon enough. Because, yeah, uh, it's like he's a little bit tardy here. Yeah, it should be... Uh, Uh, yeah, I, I, he's calling me. I'm going to have to uh, microphone okay. it. I'll be right back, man. All right. So he hung up. There's four of us on here supposedly live. Yeah, I think I think the story quit, but it's like I thought I just heard it again. Somebody's doing something in the background, but uh, 
We've had that on other calls in the past where somebody just falls asleep with the phone. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's still there, but now I can't hear it at all. And the secret is just mute the people that aren't talking, and then you'll get rid of it. Because, you know, obviously if somebody's talking, they're not snoring. I haven't heard, uh, Lewis and I used to, years ago, uh, I'm going to say it's been three, four years, Lewis and I used to talk quite a bit. I don't hear from him much anymore at all, because he's got, uh, he's up to his neck in trying to get his boys back, because he had problems with this, uh, this uh, woman that he got involved with, that were they're beyond comprehension. And then uh, he's caused uh, quite a bit of grief to the government officials where he lives. So whenever they have the opportunity to do something to him, they do. And they ended up snatching his three boys and putting them in foster homes. And he's been battling and battling and battling. And uh, uh, it's been a mess. Yeah, he, he ended up getting involved with a stripper. And it's like, I have no clue what the hell possessed him to start getting involved with a stripper. But he did. And I guess that she had, I think she had one son, and then they had two more after that. And he's told me the story, believe me, more than once about how they, they took a, took the kids and he's trying to get them back. And at one point he just said, you know, I don't know if I'm going to get them back or not, but I'm going to raise so damn much hell they're going to wish they never met me. And then he got to the point where it's like uh, he, he had some uh, somebody he was working with on, on legal stuff. Yeah. Okay, Matt. Things get screwed up along that right. uh, line to a point, but uh, he's getting. I, I should give him a call. In fact, I was, funny thing you bring him up because I was just uh, thinking about him the other day, and I got to give him a call to see how the hell he's doing. But uh, yeah, see Abraham's back. So yeah, the 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 uh, anyway, getting back to I did this in 1991, and I was really pissed off at a city for what they did to me. So I thought I'm going to get I'm going to get rid of their commissioners. And we're going to have a group that's going to take over the take over the city commission. So we had four people to run against their incumbents, and we had some interesting things happen in that race. But we did get rid of two of them, so we didn't take it over. And it's like after that, we still tried to get other people to run. We almost took the thing over, but it's like there, there's an old saying that four votes rules the city, and we never quite had four votes. And uh, it just never, it never got to where, where we needed it to be. We got awfully close with a lot of things, but uh, we never, we never quite did it. But I, I, I don't know what the, the laws in every state are different. But I like the idea of recalling these people because they'll go ahead and uh, they'll, you know, you can say you're going to run against them, and they say, oh, big deal, you know, we don't care about that. But when you recall them for something. That's when they really sit there and get worried. And we, we had a, in one of the cities I lived in. We tried to recall three of the bastards, and we failed. But my God, did we drive them nuts! We had them go. We we literally. This was a city I lived in. It was a one square mile city, so you know it's a small town. Everybody knew what was going on. We actually had some of these bastards having to go to the doctor for medication when we were when we were in the process of the recall. So essentially, the way a recall works is: let's say that uh, you're pissed off with what one of these people are doing. And you just decide, okay, I want you gone. And you have to, in Michigan anyway, you have to give cause as to why you want them gone. You have to get petitions, you have to get a petition set up. And then you have to get that approved by uh, in, in the, the county clerk's office, the county treasurer, and there's like a probate judge. 
and then after they approve your petition, you've got to go out and get so many signatures. And then you get so many signatures and you turn it in, you are going to have a recall election. And the only, basically, the but, way that works is... But what, is what the, hold on there, Matt, what, what, the, what the Hartford Van Dyke says, that one of these guys go astray, uh, you pull him up onto a criminal, a criminal, it looked like he was saying indictment or a criminal process, and then that expedites the whole thing, and then you've got this guy completely wiped out without going through this managerial process that you're talking about. Did you follow that part of what he said? Oh, I see what he was saying, but it's like, what I would do is start bringing these criminal charges against the guy, making all these charges, getting the press involved with it, making criminal complaints against them to the FBI and whoever else you can think of. And will the proud, okay, let's say you, you got you to have a strategy to do this. So let's say you're, you really want to get rid of one of these people. They're making your life miserable. So you go ahead and you start all this, everything Hartford says to do, you go do it. You make all these criminal complaints. But then in the meantime, there's another group that nobody knows is connected with you. They get wind of the fact that, of course, they're going to know what's going on with the criminal complaints. So then what you do is say, or they do, they come in with a recall. So in the meantime, you're filing criminal complaints against them. Then you get this other group to go ahead and recall the guy. And so you're talking about, like, political Navy SEALs. Right, exactly, exactly. That's a... Uh, you know, I, I started in politics when I was nine years old, so I've been doing it for fifty years. And uh, this is this is guerrilla. This is strategic guerrilla warfare. Is is the level of uh, of interaction that you're suggesting, which uh, may be right. proper because they could be set. They're so they're so blatantly pompous. They feel wow. so safe and secure and untouchable. It would be so easy to set these clowns up left and right, watch them take a fall. Even the old-fashioned way, uh, uh, get them in, in, in bed with a hooker and they're a married man, you get the pictures and throw them and splash on the front page. That's the fastest way to get yep. most of them. And a lot of them got knocked out that way, real quick and fast and in a hurry. Yep. Yep, that's no, no lawful legal process at all. So in other words, right. these clowns with some guerrilla tactics and with some real sophisticated, you know, stealthy guerrilla warfare, you know, and the, this type of a tactic that, you know, Navy SEALs and the stealth attack, this is a whole new language that the people who are going to be vanguarding this thing uh, would, uh, would be brought to bear to surgically remove these jackals. Exactly. Exactly. That's the that's that's how you have to do it because you can't. Uh, you know, I, I've tried I've tried the nice way with these people, and it's like they they're so fucking stupid. It doesn't work to be nice with them. So what I what I've always thought, and I still haven't found a way to to be successful at this, but municipalities they have to be able to bond because that's where they get their money to do all their capital projects. They usually, they don't go to the bank and borrow it. They sell bonds. Well, the, the only project that they really have that we have to be concerned about is how many men with guns can they afford to pay for? And how come the people cannot afford to pay for their militia and the state agents, the turncoats can afford to pay a well-armed guard. That is yep. the only thing that stands between the people and their, and their realized freedom is the guard, the Roman guard. Did you see the movie Arlington Road, Matt? Did you see Arlington Road? No, I didn't. Yeah, it's a political thriller. Uh, you would love that movie. One of those kinds of movies that uh, you kind of think, why did they make that? Why would they put those ideas into the mass consciousness of people? Just like Wag the Dog. Did you see Wag the Dog? 
you know, I got that movie, and it's like I was, I've got it. I still haven't watched it. It's like you said this was Arlington Road is the other one. So yeah, Arlington Road is 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 a, it's an exceptional movie, and you can watch that, and you'll be very you know, it would one that will stay with you for the rest of your life, guaranteed. Number one, but Wag the Dog. Did you see Wag the Dog? You had Dustin Hoffman, and you had um, you had Dustin Hoffman, and you had uh, Robert De Niro. You didn't see Wag the Dog? No, I've got it. I've had it for like it's a, I, I've had it for so long. It's a VHS tape. And I'm sitting, well, sitting there, and I still have. Well, I, well I Matt, watch Matt, it. watch, watch that. Pay very close attention, and very close attention to certain parts of that. Uh, what you call dialogue, right? Because they're bringing out some really incredible insight into the way the system works, and Hollywood's good for that. Sometimes you can't tell if there's competing, because you know, you know what the word Hollywood actually means. You, you know, you know what Hollywood is, right? Hollywood, you know what it is. Uh, the, what, the meaning mean. of the word Hollywood? Oh, I don't. Well, it's 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 Merlin's wand, the magician's wand. Hollywood is is the wood from the holly tree, right? It's a hollow wood that the the magician uses to craft his wand that casts the spell. That's why they call it Hollywood in in tribute to Merlin the magician, because these people are weaving. The you know they're in, they're infiltrating the consciousness on a massive scale. Hollywood is definitely an arm of military intelligence without a doubt. Oh, it's yeah. psychological operations, and uh, sometimes you have competing you know competing forces in Hollywood. Are you familiar with the movie Gray State? On uh, the the guy who was the producer of the trailer for the movie Gray State. Did you pick up on that one? It was about maybe five years ago, maybe. Did you did you hear about Gray State? I've heard the uh, I've heard the, the name of the that name before, but I haven't seen. Uh, I don't watch much well, movies or things. I probably should because some of this stuff is really really good. Well, some of the stuff is 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 not just you know pastime. It looks like there's it looks like you have moles in Hollywood under the couching of entertainment, kind of release uh, information that you would think like oh why would they talk about that? It looks like it would be kind of productive to the system unless unless they're trying to establish something known as controlled opposition. Uh, what do they call that in the movie industry? They call that the uh, like pre uh, where you, where they put the, the idea. Of the into the mass consciousness of the mind of man uh, as a way to prepare them for events that are going to be oncoming so that they uh, don't have to be exposed and have the initial kickback reaction to something new so they'll release it in the movie environment so that once it finally does come into the real world oh okay I'm familiar with that doesn't become a knee jerk reaction because they've been acclimated to it throughout the uh, agents in the Hollywood industry I have entirely too much time on my hands Brad I'm sorry <laughs> Exactly right, Jeffrey. That's what they do. It's like you see this stuff in the movies, and it gets people desensitized to it. So when it happens in real life, it's like, uh, okay, now it happened in real life. So now it's like uh, we're already desensitized. We already saw it in the movies. And they, they well, with the, the movie Great State. 
with the movie Gray State, right, the guy was an independent filmmaker, so he didn't have the budgets, nor did he have the sanctions of the Hollywood moguls, right? So the way he went about creating this concept for his movie, it takes place in the very near future where everything that we see happening right now, where the police state is coming in, where the rights of the people are being relegated to obscurity, where, where the systems of food and distribution and money are being withered away, and you get a, like that TV show Colony, I don't know if you've seen that, I uh, saw so the whole series. Um, anyway, so what the guy did with Gray State is he couches this movie in the future, not too far, like maybe 10 years into the future, extrapolating everything that he sees going on right now, creates a political thriller, doesn't have the money to make the movie. So what does he do? It was brilliant. He created the trailer first in order to sell the concept of the movie, right, to get the funding to make the movie. So he did it backwards. Usually you make the movie, and then you create the trailer to advertise the movie. Well, he advertised the movie with the trailer when the movie wasn't even there yet. Right? And uh, I guess some people <clears throat> saw where he was going with that movie. It was a little too close because he was really trying to – the trailer was absolutely fucking terrifying. Um, and he did such a good job on it. Uh some people probably saw that and said, there's no fucking way we got to let this guy make this movie because he's trying to give everybody the writing on the wall in a way, you know, just like Saving Private Ryan, you know, the Supreme Court, the, the army or one of the branches of the military uh, sued one of those Hollywood movie houses to not release, um, to not release Saving Private Ryan in its, in its finished form. They wanted to adapt those several first few minutes in Saving Private Ryan because they feared, because it was so graphic, they feared that the uh, recruitment for the military would drop. And it took like maybe three months in the in the Supreme Court uh, with, the, with the movie houses. And this is what gives me a little puzzling because, you know, sometimes you don't know what's for show. And I try so hard to figure out facts and fiction, but it's very difficult. But it was in court for a while. And then the Supreme Court um, was cited on the side of the uh, of the movie producers. And they got to release Saving Private Ryan in the, in the way in which it was made without the military trying to edit or force Hollywood to edit particular portions of the front of that movie movie right were you aware of that battle no but that's what they when you're talking about the movies and how they manipulate everything god does that ring a bell that's exactly exactly what they do and it's like all this stuff is by design uh it's something that you start following it and it's like for those of us that know what they're up to you sit there and my eyes constantly roll back in my head at how stupid the general public is and if they had, if you had Harvard go into a, let's say, a restaurant and just have a little uh, get-together with people that he didn't know and try to explain what, what he's doing and what he's all about, none of them would get it. You could just, you could watch the, uh, you could just watch oh, I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd follow him home. I'd be like a little lost doggy to follow yeah. him home. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to hear more of this because it's like, I purposely listened to him repeat the same thing over and over because I think to myself, there's something I'm not going to catch unless I keep listening to him. Even though I've heard it before, I say, listen to the guy again. Because by listening to the guy again, you're going to catch stuff you didn't catch the first time. And that's what kind of that's what kind of does it for me. It's like when I see that, when I see, I shouldn't say, when I hear it rather than see it. It's like, oh my God, no. Oh, no, hearing, hearing is a form of seeing. You were correct the first time you said that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. 
What, so with that movie, Grey State, what happened was the guy mysteriously, right, uh, killed his wife, killed his two kids, killed his dog, and then murdered himself. And it came out in the front pages. A uh, uh, um, new independent film producer of Grey State has trouble raising funds for his movie and ends up in killing himself, his wife, his family, and his dog. Case closed. Hey, you guys. Uh, don't want to change the subject there, but um, um, talk to you likely will be shutting us down within the next 10 minutes or so here. We'll hit the five-hour yeah. mark. Well, Matt, I would certainly like Matt to uh, I would like Matt to you know to join us again soon because I get the feeling his academics, his experience, and his acumen uh, can be brought to bear uh, in a very positive and influential way. Uh, there's something about the mannerism and the tone of that voice of his. <laughs> yeah, Matt's a talented guy, no doubt. Um, I right. believe I've got his email address and phone number and things. Yeah, um, he did. Okay, I, I've had it with these people, and it's like. Uh, you know, well, we're a, trying I, to put together the best, you know, Matt. We're trying to put together the best thing here, and 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 uh, what I what I need to do because of my background and my expertise is try to get a, a sense of what everybody's trying to do, what you're trying to do, what kind of successes you've had, what Charles is trying to do, what all these other groups. I've even joined these groups just to try to understand a meet more of the people that are involved with it, and and try to understand the general sort of like take the temperature. <laughs> of the country and try to find out what's the nature of the disconnect and the discontent and then try to put together, because I'm, I'm from a technical background. I had a computer shop for about I don't know, 15 years. I've been studying technology like, like a rabid dog for quite a while. And I was working in the cryptocurrency world for only a couple of months, but I got to meet a lot of the uh, engineering department people heads. And, uh, and I think that a lot of the systems that we need to put in place would not be very difficult to do once we understand how this thing moves and what it needs to have in place so that the ideology and the measure of the effectiveness of the ideas can have, like I was telling these guys earlier, a sandstone necessary to scratch the edge of the knife and remove the unessentials so that you're left only with a razor-sharp edge. And the only way to do that so that we don't duplicate the insanity of what you've had to go through before is put together a system, a nexus of technology, a very nimble very responsive, very scalable hub of connectivity between everyone who is trying to participate in this forward motion and have this thing engineered and crafted. And today that can be done very inexpensively uh, so, that, so that it would be able to accept people signing on, right, and then going through an informational learning curve and then finding their way through, navigating through through the system of, of, of information, information exchange, so that people can get educated, familiarized, understand who are the active members in their neighborhood, very responsive, very nimble, very scalable, so that overnight, bam, once the model is established, right, and you have a way by which to measure it, that one lady that was speaking about that guy, the, guy, the wise ass, Vince Edwards, I can understand why they're trying to take him down, right? When, when you have a, an, an issue like that, right, and you have the system that the people are, are, are involved in, not corporations, but the actual people, their own effort, 
right, then you can use it as a test sample of how our system can be brought to bear where you apply the pressure to one point of the system and you get the results you're looking for and then you just continually probe the system at its gates and you apply the specific type of pressure and you continually refine and learn and understand the movements so that you're almost like setting up an artificial intelligence through the will of the people because this is what the state is doing against us and you always watch the footsteps of your enemy very carefully. And I've got tens of thousands of hours of studying the systems that are being employed against the people. And they're not that hard to understand. A lot of people don't have the stomach for it. But I'm telling you, it's not hard to have an artificial intelligence kind of programming mechanism with a hardware-based system that can take all the people's interests that are dedicated in doing something positive. And by the time the system wakes up and realizes that we have positioned ourselves at the predator, what you call when a, when a predator, people become the predator, are ready to pounce, the system will not be able to defend itself, but we have to have something to put in place so the damn thing does not collapse. Yep. Because you know what they will do? They will crash and burn the whole fucking thing down. They will pull the levers just like they did with the, you know, when they wanted the, so many trillions of dollars to bail out the, the banks, right? I think that was in 2008. The first time it went through Congress, the people kicked, no, 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 we're not going to fund that, let the banks collapse. And then behind the scenes, they rewrote the whole freaking uh, compensation package to bail out the banks, and it went, the whole thing went through secretly underneath everybody's noses with all the backdoor channels and nobody in Congress, not one of them admitted to having read the damn thing because it was railroaded through from Friday to Sunday. And then, then the vote went through the past the billions or trillions of dollars that went into the hands. You see, that's a power pressure point. And these people from behind the scenes are masterfully engaged in those tactics. So it doesn't fucking matter one bit what you do with them on the surface because they got all the back doors and all the shadows and all the alleyways covered. So the only way to fight an enemy of this type and scale is by duplicating very similar tactics. But, you know, you do it above board, you do it intuitively, and you're doing, you do it by developing a massive scale uh, project that elicits everybody's attention. So like, I, I was reading that they had this thing in Europe where the, the state uh, tried to, I forgot what country it was, the state tried to do something that was against the nature of the people. Several hundred million people showed up in force. And that shit was reversed instantaneously because that served a message to the state. Listen, you might think you're untouchable, but when all of us get together, you're just, we'll pick you off one at a time like the way you come after us. And, and, and that's, you have to think of a massive scale. Yep, exactly. Your, your, your idea is perfect because it's, just, uh, it's, it's systemic. It's like, I'm going to set up this system and I know that if I do something at this end, what's going to come off the other end? And that's exactly the way things have to be done. You've got to have a strategy to do it, and you've got to know what you're doing when you're doing it. And it's like, push this button, see what happens after I push this button. And after, then my next step is going to be to push that button. And we're going to see what yeah, they do. Yeah, you probe it, like, like, like a technician diagnosing a troubled circuit. Right. Yep. Um, are you are you you know? Do you have a pencil there handy with you, uh, Brad, yeah. or something to write with? Uh, yeah. I, I don't. Are you familiar with John B. Wells' uh, Caravan to Midnight? 
No, I'm not. Okay, write that down. John B. Wells, Caravan to Mexico.